0: This is the Movie Hall of Fame prequel edition for Thursday, October 13th, 2022. There he is across the table from me. The, uh, I don't know, the shitty prequel trilogy to my original trilogy. It's Adam Hall. Why are you the original trilogy? I mean, what do you want to be? You want to be Rogue One? You no, know,
1: God be, no! Uh, no. I, I dislike Rogue One more than two of those prequels. Uh,
0: <laughs> you really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I prefer Phantom Menace. <laughs> How about Solo? Will you accept
0: Solo? I'll, sure, I'll be Solo. <laughs> okay, I will be uh, the uh, what was that Ewok movie? The Battle for Endor? Oh no! I'll be I'll be that movie. Jeez, Louise! Uh, Ewoks of Endor? Is that what that movie is from? Like the early nineties? I guess so. Yeah,
1: that's a I've never seen it, but it's like a fabled disaster that we should probably talk about on
0: the other pod right because we love star wars uh we do we love talking star wars (laughs) star wars really was there at the inception of our friendship and uh we're gonna talk about a star wars movie today which is cool we don't really get the chance to talk star wars on this pod very much
1: i'm kind of glad we don't because i don't like talking star wars like i used to yeah <laughs> it's a young
0: man's game we're talking prequels today adam hall why why um this was my idea i don't really have a great reason it, it it's uh it kind of feels apropos because there's been a number of prequels <laughs> released uh, recently um there was a prequel to the uh horror film x Directed yes. by Ty yes. West called Pearl. Which I haven't seen yet. But. Just came out like a month ago. Um, Better Call Saul just wrapped up. Um, the Andor show is currently running on Disney Plus. True. Which is sort of a prequel to a prequel. You know, uh, Obi-Wan also operated as a prequel. Um, and it, it just feels like they're all the rage these days. And I wanted to figure out Why? And I wanted to look at the history of them, and the main question that I wanted to ask you, and hopefully this will carry us through this entire conversation, is why are there no good prequels? Because it seems like there are very few of them, and in order to uh, you know compile a list for the purposes of today's podcast, we had to kind of stretch the definition of prequel. Oh yeah, I know, and
1: this was I'm uh, just going to be honest, this was not a good idea. Yeah, this is not this is <laughs> not a not a good idea. The I. I, this is not going to end well. I'm just going to tell you that right now. This will not end well. Even my quote that I went with is just going to be the. It's just going to be like, oh, fuck this show." When we're done, um, I don't really know why there aren't many good prequels it seems like it's i think they keep doing it is because it's such an attractive idea you know Mm. we're all kind of fascinated with this thought of going back aren't we yes exploring something from a different lens we're trying to anyway that that doesn't always happen right but uh yeah we're fascinated by checking out a story that we love from another perspective and maybe recapturing that same energy or spirit now again nostalgia let me reiterate Mm. doesn't happen very often effectively Mm my favorite prequels tend to be the ones that go in wildly different directions. One of my favorites on this is one that you hate, but I love for that very reason. Um, The other ones (laughs) in stretching the definition, we're really stretching the definition. The first two on this list. I don't, I mean, one is God tech. It's not consequentially a prequel. The first one we're going to talk about. It doesn't really matter when it takes place. The, and the following one, I just, it's a prequel, but it's not a prequel. I think that movie falls into another type of category that I'm sure we'll talk about again on the podcast with uh, our sequels pod. Which I don't know why we haven't done that yet. I know. I know. Well, I mean, we, we got to go in order. We might do yeah. <laughs> we got to go in order. Yeah. We got to do prequels, original sequels. Yeah, that's fun, man. <laughs> chill, dude. <laughs> and then we get to the, the third one again. Consequentially, not really a prequel. Doesn't matter when that movie takes place. Really. Yes. Uh. So <laughs> to me, there's only two true prequels on this list and they're they're like they're very contentious
0: movies yeah
1: so i i but this will be fascinating
0: let me run down um the list of honorable mentions okay (laughs) this is funny because i think this ought to be this ought to be instructive. Okay. So yeah, I think you're right. We are, particularly in in this moment in time, very interested in revisiting things from the ch- from our childhood in a new way. Yeah. Sort of yeah. recontextualizing what we once thought was true. Um nostalgia, a hell of a drug, has never been um, you know, more readily available than now, in in today's cultural moment. Um so th- there has been a Uh, a a real boom in recent years. I mean, you have the Minions movies. (laughs) (laughs) You have the X-Men movies. Yeah. Uh, You have, you know, recently a a Predator prequel in Prey. Um, But again, that's another one. Is it really a prequel? It doesn't matter. I mean, it's a prequel only in the very strict definition of it. It occurs or most of the events occur before the prior movie in the franchise. Yeah exactly but that
1: that that is another funny example though where it doesn't really matter where when a predator film takes place could take place a thousand years in the future or a thousand years in the past doesn't really matter they
0: are detached from time yeah it doesn't yeah whatever right which is by the way like how franchise filmmaking should work in my opinion yeah you know i Mm. the avengers thing has the mcu thing has really thrown off the formula here like I don't want to spoil my thoughts on Indiana Jones right now because I, I rewatched that movie for the first time in like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. And like that movie it is just another installment in the adventures of Indy. Yes, exactly. So and it I'm doesn't saying. really build on or recontextualize the events of the previous film that much. And in fact, that movie operates more like a sequel in that, like there's earned knowledge that's carried over. Um, but yeah, this, this MCU connected universe thing where like, everything has to be in continuity with one another and post-credit sequences have to set up the next is it's just fucking exhausting. (laughs) Um, And it actually makes the prequels less interesting because they're so encumbered by the overarching story. Yeah. So like the black widow movie, for example, which I did not see me neither. uh, I imagine has to do a lot of work to elevate it from just a, you know, adventures of black widow story and sort of connect it into the larger MCU multiversal uh thing. And that's a I don't know, like that's kind of like the enemy of storytelling, isn't it? It's kind of the en- enemy of cinema. I guess. I suppose I don't like this idea that
1: the story never ends. That's always been my <laughs> greater issue. It's like, right. I hate, I don't like, I don't know. I go to a movie primarily to like, for for like the contained experience, because a movie by nature is that, but these, you know, movies like the, the, the movies that exist within the MCU are insistent that it's not the The one contained experience is the culmination of everything, mm. and maybe that'd be fine if it was three movies, but it's twenty movies. Yes, and it's and then those become so popular that you know movies over here become twenty movies, and the movies over there become twenty movies, and it's just like fuck. Yeah, Just make a television show at that point. I totally. don't know. Totally. I don't. I just don't care at a certain point, especially because that is it, you. Know, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, the story can only be so captivating for so long. Yes. Uh, and yeah, that's part of the reason why I kind of fell off Star Wars. It's certainly the reason why I fell off of Marvel, and I and, you know I don't know what the fuck DC's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, everything, everything. Even
0: Godzilla's doing it. <laughs> Godzilla had a prequel. Yeah. Uh, Kong Skull Island uh, was a prequel of of sorts. Um, the Fantastic Beast movies yeah. have Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, have kind of uh, yeah, just beaten that dead horse into oblivion. Um, I wrote down some more here. The, like, the Fast and Furious movies, for example. There are prequels within that series, but it's not really... Like, Fast and Furious, the fourth movie, technically <laughs> takes place before Tokyo Drift, and same with Fast Five. Nobody knows this, though. That's the funny thing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> nobody knows that. So some of these things are just technicalities. <laughs> There's also this idea of, like, the soft reboot, right? Like, uh, a prequel that is sort of... A precursor to the original movie, but really is is more interested in setting up its own timeline. So, uh, the new Planet of the Apes movies, for example, yeah. I think are more soft reboots. Uh, the Star Trek remake from two thousand nine is it's more true. of a soft re- uh, reboot. Um, you know, Casino Royale—that's a soft reboot for sure. Yeah, definitely. Just that's setting up a new Bond. That's it, I think at first people were like, oh, this is a prequel to the Connery movies. No, it's a it's its own timeline. Um, point being hard to find like a good pure prequel. I, I mean, I guess twin peaks fire walk with me is the yeah. one that I wrote down where it's like that is that, that I mean, even though
1: that's a Lynch thing, though, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's a prequel to a television show, right? It's a little different. I don't, yeah, yeah. It's hard uh, to say. Uh, I wrote down 2011's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't mind. I, some people absolutely despise it, but you know, it, it's okay. I guess.
0: Um, And and then you have just a a cornucopia of uh, crappy cash grabs. Dumb and Dumberer, When Harry Met Lloyd. What a terrible movie. The Flintstones in Vivo Rock Vegas. Um, The (laughs) Munsters. The Munsters, sure. (laughs) Talked about it on the other show. X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Uh, Bumblebee, the Transformers uh, prequel. Uh, The Hobbit movies, I guess. Monsters University, not very good. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mystery, man. It's a real fucking mystery. And hopefully we can get to the bottom of it today. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what movie, um, is responsible for coining the term prequel? No, I don't. It was in 1979 and it was coined by the director Richard Lester, about his film, Butch and Sundance, The Early Days. Ah, he referred to that movie of his as a prequel. Uh, It is not the first prequel ever made. If you go back all the way to 1915, a German horror film called The Gollum had a prequel called The Gollum, How He Came Into the World. Uh, So this has been something that, it's a a square that... uh, Hollywood has tried circling for the better part of a century now, but even if you go further back, uh, the Iliad had a prequel. Yeah, um, you know, a, a bunch of TV shows have had prequels and sort of cross medium prequels. Video games have prequels. It's true. Uh, it's true. Novels have prequels, but they've never really worked. <laughs> what What would your one theory be if you had to If you had to pinpoint this? The, you have the issue with the
1: fact that, I mean, everybody knows what's going to happen. So expectations are sort of forced to be met. Mm. And that's a strange restriction because while I admire like creating rules for yourself and trying to, you know, paint yourself out of a box, it's, it sucks when you have to force the story to go in a, a certain direction. Yeah. So prequels to me generally feel kind of clunky and that tends to be why
0: mm-hmm.
1: I guess my template now is Saul, but. Even Saul's a hard one to fully understand as to why it completely works. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I want to talk about Saul in a second. Because that means that's also a sequel, funny enough. Also, yeah. So. Also, a se- I think it's kind of the only good sequel ever made. That would be my take. Oh, tip. you mean pre- oh, the only good prequel Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Or Yeah. I'm sorry. I think that is the only one that I have seen in my entire life that begins uh, before the events of, of the original goes all the way up to the original, includes the same characters from the original, uh, pay, pays homage and references the original, and actually enhances the experience of watching the original after you've completed it. Yeah. You know? The rest of these shows, as you said, are kind of just the new adventures of Indiana Jones or here's what the man with no name was doing during the Civil War. It, whereas that one, it is a it it follows the rules of prequel storytelling and boxes itself in and is able to actually uh, mine drama and out of it, and yeah. juice out of it. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, the Hobbit movies are kind of just filling in the blanks.
1: They didn't have to do that. That's the fascinating, like they didn't, they could just be the Hobbit and they felt like an obligation to kind of be the Hobbit, but also we got to be Lord of the Rings too. Right. And there's that weird cognitive dissonance. I mean, that movie has a lot, th- that series has a lot of issues that aren't related to like the films themselves, but the behind the scenes are kind of fascinating there.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I like I was, I was thinking about this in relation to House of the Dragon, which is another prequel that is airing right now, and, which I'm not watching. By the way, is uh, is airing at the same time as uh, Rings of Power, which is on Amazon. Mm. Uh, and uh, like that is a show that is clearly based on uh, one of Martin's history books, yeah, as opposed to one of his novels mm. and one of his stories. Um, you know, the thing about Game of Thrones that, that I think made it so appealing to so many people is that it, it was playing around with the conventions of fantasy storytelling and was sometimes just flipping the bird at some of those conventions and, you know, beheading the hero at the end of its first season and killing the prince that would once be king and, uh, you know, playing around with the idea of like the scorned woman and like, I there was something so irreverent about it <laughs> that made for a really compelling HBO show. And like, it, it always felt to me like Martin is not like a huge D and D guy. Martin is not a huge, like Comic-Con guy in that he is obsessed with the lore as much as he's obsessed with the human dynamics at play and, uh, uh fire and blood, which is the source material that comprises, um, house of the dragon is it just a Targaryen history book. He's just explaining to you, this is what happened 300 years ago. This is what happened 250 years ago. This is what happened 200 years ago. And we're not going to really stop and smell the roses that much. We're not going to like, like in some of the original game of Thrones books, he would take like seven pages to describe a feast and like every food available at the table. Um, And fire and blood doesn't do that. I mean, that's just not the intention of that book. And so now that it's being adapted as a show, it's clearly kind of going through the motions and it's playing around with time and it's switching out members of the cast for like older versions of themselves. So multiple actors will play the same role over time. Um, And that's the shit that gets on my nerves. I, I don't like this idea that like we're only going back in time to fill in the technical details of how we got here. Oh, that's what the thing does. You know what I it, mean? Yeah, like the thing prequel does exactly that almost like
1: uh, like uh, uh, what would you call that? Like in a forensic way, just going detail by detail, how like a drop of blood hit the wall in that original movie. Right, right, it's right. Very weird. Interesting movie, I suppose. But yeah, it's a, I think it kind of goes at it with the wrong mindset.
0: I mean, I guess uh, that stuff is cool. Like there's a, I, there's a scene in better call Saul where like we find out how Hector Salamanca got his bell and that's cool shit. You know, that's kinda like seeing Anakin and, and Obi-Wan <laughs> fighting, you know, for the to the death. But like the show has to sustain itself with the actual like tent poles of storytelling. And it, it feels like The Hobbit was another example of that, where it's kind of just like, all right, we know that what was it Bilbo? Bilbo. Bil- yeah, we know that Bilbo went on a quest once and it it, it had been teased to us in a prior installment and like we know how this ends, they're just sort of filling in the blanks, and that that's what frustrates me a lot of times. I mean, prequels.
1: Better Call Saul does that
0: too, though. They, yeah, they, it all does. prequels. It does fan service. Yeah. All,
1: all prequels do that. I mean, but the thing about the um Better Call Saul too is that it, it, yeah, it's got some recognizable characters, but not that many. It's it to me, it's very different. It's closer to one of the la- the the lattice. <laughs> To me, it's closest to Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, in terms <laughs> of
0: <laughs> how Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to piss you off.
1: But no, like. <laughs> It really is, though, like like in terms of just how it chooses, like, we're going to be bold and actually go in this direction instead of giving you exactly what you want right out of the gate, which I find very admirable about that one. Yeah. Uh, and i i mean it's in a television show you sort of trust that they'll eventually get there and they do in that one so uh yeah in, in that sense it's like it's nice that we have room to play and create our own
0: identity and drama um here's kind of my overreaching theory and I've, I, I haven't know. really cleaned it up movies are about the what <laughs> sequels are about the why and prequels are about the how right um and the prequels that work best are the ones that I think lean most into the how. How did this person become the person that we ultimately meet? And it's got to be character-driven, right? Yeah. It, it, you have to root yourself in character because it's hard to surprise when all we care about is the what, right? We we know that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader survive for yeah. A New Hope by by the time Episode 4 begins. So the entire Obi-Wan show... Asks us to care about what happens to them, but we already know what happens to them Uh, It's much more interesting to learn about the how it's much more interesting to learn about the transformation Uh, And that's the thing better call Saul roots itself not in the what but in the how sure you know How does this person become that person? Um, And so yeah, I think the worst Prequels and some of the less successful ones that we're gonna talk about today Although I think most of them are pretty successful are too interested in the what. Does that make sense?
1: God, I'm trying to figure out if I agree. <laughs> I haven't even figured it out yet. I haven't even parsed through my thoughts. Uh, it's my first draft. Yeah. Cuz I mean Revenge of the Sith does that. It does the whole how. Right. But, but I mean, you're not going to find as many defenders of Revenge of the Sith.
0: Yeah. Well I, well, I don't know. You'll find one on this show.
1: Oh yeah, no, you'll find two on this show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I, sometimes I like it when it just disposes of all the bullshit and just focuses on the what. Mm. <laughs> I mean, in the case of, it's different in, in some of these and just that like, like the good, the bad, and the ugly is just a story that happened to take place way before. Right. The only how you get is how he got the poncho. That's it. Yes, <laughs> that's the only how you get, yeah. which is, I guess, fine by me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. There, there's a freeing quality to them in that way. They when they're not you know, like stuck to the rules of having to get from A to Z, you know? Yeah. Because mm. even though I love, yeah, there's another thing, even though I adore Better Call Saw, I don't think every single move is perfect. You know, I have my own reservations on a couple episodes of that final season. But, you know, again, the stew on the in its entirety is pretty remarkable. So, yeah, kind of makes up for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, one of the reasons I'm frustrated by this pod is because I don't have a lot of good answers. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. Okay, let's um, let's get to it. All right. Yeah. Here we go. We'll begin with the good, the bad, and the ugly from 1966, written and directed by Sergio Leone, starring Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and Eli Wallach as the titular good, bad, and ugly. A bounty hunting scam joins two men in an uneasy alliance against a third in a race to find a fortune in gold buried in a remote cemetery. Uh, This is, of course, the third installment of the uh, Dollars Trilogy. Um, But, as... We mentioned because it's a prequel podcast, this one takes place before the first two. You wouldn't know that. But you you wouldn't you really no know idea, it yeah, unless yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> did like an extensive search of history and you realize that oh, actually the other two movies take place after the Civil War, during Reconstruction, and this is a uh, yeah, during the Civil War. Um again, it's it's not even really made clear in any of these movies that Clint Eastwood is playing the same person. I mean, they have different names, hence the uh, man with no name uh, title. My understanding
1: that is that it's actually closer to the tramp in the Charlie Chaplin movies than it is a singular character. Yes. That's my uh, interpretation of it. It's like, yeah, this person that this director loves or this character that this director loves just shows up in other stories jumping from, from one to the other. and They're not really you know they're connected to one another significantly
0: but he's kind of an idea more than anything else yeah right? yeah he's, he's a nameless drifter that kind of wreaks havoc for money
1: sort of yeah 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 these he's the very ambiguous hero he's not he's called the good but he's not really that good no he's an antihero. yeah
0: all of these people are kind of anti-heroes so. well, some
1: of them are just flat-out fucking villains <laughs> particularly lee van
0: cleef uh sure yeah uh i rewatched about half of this for the pod i had not seen it since college wow uh oh my god fucking awesome movie jesus and, like i was yeah. so entertained oh yeah it's uh it's a three hour movie that goes by like that yeah it, it's it's well it's amazing too because like the plotting is so slow yeah, well I, know. I mean it is that you know leone kind of you know lingering on long shots and yeah that um, just everything is drenched in
1: in intensity something is always happening right. in every scene and it's just filled with personality and humor and there's something it's not that violent but it feels violent. A lot of the time too. yes it's one of those movies yeah uh and well it's obsessed with the idea of violence yeah that's very true yeah uh god yeah um yeah it's my favorite movie on this list
0: yeah yep fair enough yep yeah, it it's funny too. Like he also takes his time unfurling the plot, which is what I I was kind of surprised by in a rewatch. Like, longest first act I think ever. Yeah, <laughs> man, does the guy take his time? And I love that feeling in a movie. Like I I love the sort of the the parallel storylines that link up at the end. It reminded me of like uh you know like a Nashville or Pulp Fiction or sure, you know, yeah. Better Call Saul. I mean all, all the uh, some of my favorite stuff ever. Magnolia, a lot of the Paul Thomas Anderson stuff sort of uh, lays these bricks that you don't know exactly how they're going to connect, but you know eventually they're going to come to a head. Um, (laughs) And it's such a satisfying uh, journey watching that. I mean, like, yeah, the first hour is just character introductions basically basically yeah it takes i mean
1: the it, it doesn't shift until they get to the cart with a uh, uh, bill carson and they're gonna look for the gold. that's really where the plot quote-unquote kicks off but yeah right. it's like an hour until we actually get there
0: right <laughs> it's very unusual right and then you realize like holy shit yeah that's that's what who this bill carson guy is and that's yep. what this yeah all means um i mean it's it's one of those movies it's such a, a piece of iconography and it's like so uh, stitched into the fabric of america at this point like it's it's hard to really have like a contrarian take. Um but I was just like I was I was shocked how funny it was. Oh, i was very funny, yeah. On a rewatch, you know? Um Tuco is such a fucking weasel, that guy. Oh yeah, I love him though.
1: Like <laughs> I mean, he, it's one of those instances where it's like I you look at the ethics of uh the guy playing him because Eli Wallach is a guy from Brooklyn and he's playing a Mexican in this. Sure. But you know, guys, his performance is that good. Yeah. It's that good where it's like, I'm yeah. not sure I care. I'm not sure anybody cares, frankly. Yeah. Uh, love him in this. He's kind of the, the the scene stealer, although Lee Van Cleef, when he shows up, is pretty... Angel intimate. eyes. Angel eyes. Yeah. Every character introduction into this is awesome and perfect, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how one kind of builds on the other in yeah. interesting ways. One is a little little more silly and over the top. One is much more brooding and and disturbing than the other is this perfect blend of like i'm a bad guy but you know i'll, I'll help you out occasionally so they're, they're also very character driven
0: yeah oh god leone was obsessed with deconstructing the western that she- was his whole uh mission statement when he made his spaghetti westerns and kind of popularized the whole genre um but you know this is a, a movie that plays around with <laughs> the idea of the gold rush the sort of the western myth of Uh, you know, moving out West and, and uh, striking gold and making your dreams come true. And this movie just reduces those urges to like nothingness. Like it just reduces these people to pathetic weasels um, that are interested in just one bag of money and what they're willing to do to get that one bag of money. Um, And it's comically absurd. Usually. Yeah. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. and,
1: but it's nice. It's amplified by the fact that it's framed inside the civil war yeah. Uh, it's it's this great idea about you know what the West was really worth at this time, and it's it's right. like like if I'm going to deconstruct the the West and the Western archetypes, Western stories, Western characters, what's the best setting to place that in that isn't just north dakota mm. uh let's put it in the civil war and right. we'll show them what death is really worth and let's yes. let's show them what fighting for something is really worth <laughs> yeah uh yeah, there's there's
0: a tapestry to it too like the yeah the, the civil war in the background and just like the movie takes its time to let you sit with the um the violence like it it, it allows you to sort of just like see you know uh you know dead guys in graves and injured oh, yeah. guys laying on stretchers and like that whole sequence in the third act is is harrowing like it's really riveting mm-hmm. um, and yeah I mean it, it's hard to find a Western at that time that uh, that really has like such a full scope that yeah. has the scope of this movie and it's true. And so many fucking ideas in it, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh,
1: probably It's my favorite Leone film for for that reason. I don't know. It feels like the most Leone for me personally, but yeah. also kind of the culmination of what he was going for with his spaghetti westerns. Yeah. You know, he didn't really need to make another west Western after this. Right. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, it could be the best directed movie ever made. Mm. It's up there. Uh, there's not. It's kind of a perfect movie. I don't really know what to say. Um, I like Once a Time. Once Upon a Time in the West, a little better. Nope. It's this. I like it a little more. Yeah. I don't know. It's this.
0: I love Henry Fonda in that.
1: Yeah, but I like <laughs> Eli Wallach and, and they're great. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I don't know. Pick your poison, I guess, but like. A little more iconic though. Uh, totally. Um, yeah, it's I also mean, more fun. Like like this movie just way, 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 way fucking entertaining. And I also think it has way more, more to say, surprisingly, which it kind of catches you off guard because it's so filled with personality and, and it's just – it seems like it's just trying to have a good time especially since you set it with these characters that are really just looking for gold in a very sleazy and disposable way. And then it reminds you that what – like you said, what they're doing is kind of pathetic when you put it in the in the framing of the Civil War. And then it, it sort of – it actually in that way makes for a really great anti-war film and an anti-Western film at the same time. right? I just think it's
0: brilliant. Yeah, but it backdoors those ideas, which is what makes it so great. But they're always there. But they're, they're always, always there. Totally. Uh some scenes re-watching it. I I had never really thought about it as a as a scenes movie, as like I can just put this on mm-hmm. at a half hour in and keep watching, but um like the direction Yeah. It's, just like like there's a scene at the beginning where um Angel Eyes goes into the house of the of one of the robbers. I, he's like on the Bill Carson crew, essentially. Um, oh yeah, and he's lo- cleaning his gun. Yeah, and he and he walks into the the house. Oh, oh, Angela. A- oh, yeah. I thought, this
1: thing includes what? Yeah. No.
0: So Angel Eyes walks in, and uh, and he's there with his wife and his kid. And the way Leone shoots this, I mean, like, just study that scene in terms of like when. Framing, yeah. First of all framing and building suspense you have angel eyes in the background just in this fucking huge wide shot Mm -hmm. and he takes up about two inches of the frame (laughs) and you just see his silhouette in the doorway he walks in. That takes about five. It feels like it takes like
1: five to ten yeah, minutes. He's growing. Yes. And becoming more intimidating while this guy tries to eat. Right.
0: Him walking from the doorway to the table. He sits down at the table. They sit in silence for another two minutes. Then they get into a, a conversation. It turns into an argument. You think the argument is done. Uh, Angel Eye shoots him. And it's the classic Leone, like just quick cutting, some smash zooms. Yep. Um A a lot of close-ups on the gun itself. You get to that. Then we pull out, background. Son runs down the stairs. Oh, God. He shoots him, not even looking at him. It
1: is the... fool. God. It freaks you out.
0: It's chilling because it's like, oh, my God, there was a guy around the corner there. And, Mm -hmm. like, the character knows it before we even know it. Then we cut to the wife running in. And then we go point of view on the wife. Yeah. Who faints. And then we actually... The camera tips over as she's fainting. I mean it's just it's an orchestra it's like watching yeah. a, it's like watching a symphony just was, uh, <laughs> all the pieces are exactly right um, I they
1: get the same thing I've like this is a symphony of fucking filmmaking
0: he's a madman this guy but I mean he, he's so precise and like that's the thing that I love so much about Once Upon a Time in the West is it's so precise mm-hmm. like every cut is exactly where it ought to be and this one's a little more rough around the edges because it came first It's just by virtue of the fact that it's, a, it's an older movie but, but barely but yeah, I mean early. it's it's like it's it's incredible. It's incredible
1: filmmaking. I mean it's so inspired. Especially in, in regards to that scene too. You're right. I mean just this idea that like one of the final shots in there before we jump to the point of view perspective is you 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 see Lee Van Cleve leaving and you see the just the way the bodies are laid, kind of to, in in this perfect frame, and just this kind of you get a good sense of the the wake of destruction that he's left. And it's like kind of that whole scene has an arc in and of itself, just by the fact that it's bookended that way. Mm. I love the power dynamic of them, him just looking in the guy's eyes and just waiting for him to talk first, because mm. that's the indication of who's gonna you know win this fight. And the entire scene, I mean, as much as I love Inglorious Bastards, uh. It's the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino needs to like <laughs> I mean the, the shootout is the end of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's the same yeah, exactly. the
0: three-way shootout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he clearly. I mean, Loves we don't have Quentin with Tarantino without without God this the movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. For the record, the my it
1: could be my favorite climax of a movie. It's so cool. It's just the it's so beautiful. It's, yeah. And, like, God, so mm. there's another instance where it's like the way that that scene builds stylistically, where it's very, like, careful and there's not much going on there's not even as much quick cutting and then you know the 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 closer and closer this guy gets to the goal like a fucking metal detector the camera just starts moving Hmm. a little faster and then a little faster and the cuts start happening quicker and quicker and quicker to the point where the camera is spinning around (laughs) at like 50 miles an hour Yeah. (laughs) and we're right on top of it and then we end with this great smash zoom into the into the grave and god is it is it like it's this yeah it's fantastic and then this the greatest I would say probably a uh, Mexican standoff ever. Yeah. Smartest one probably. Yeah. Mm. It's uh it's, it's a good movie. It's a, it's pretty good. Is it a prequel? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and yeah. no. It's it's one of those. Right. As as is the next movie. Yes and no. Literally yes and no.
0: <laughs> right. Um anything else you want to say about it i mean it's 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 you know ennio morricone do we need to talk about ecstasy of gold is that even best is that
1: necessary no it's the best one of the best film scores ever made right ever 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 made it's his best in my opinion yeah uh yeah what do you want
0: sure yeah i mean like it's it's one of those things though like it's so it's it's like it's a birthright like it's just something that you have in your bones like it, you know it yeah. yeah it feels like it was always there it's like well, you, and also well you're right just on the fact that like everything
1: references it particularly with music it's one of those uh films there's like three weird ones it's strangely like um i, I remember reading this one day like the most used um sound bites out of any movie that you get uh-huh. the top i think the top three were blade runner <laughs> apocalypse now and the good the bad and the ugly yeah weirdly sure it's a strange mix but what what sequence of blade runner People use the the Tears and Rain a lot and they tend to use a lot of the um uh the, the actual chimes of that movie. A lot of the Van music is used over and over and over again. Okay. Uh yeah. It's okay. an interesting one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh good. Okay. That's the good, the bad and the ugly. That's great. I don't know. What do you want? What do you
1: want? <laughs> do you want? It's not it's <laughs> not the most interesting again. <laughs> We're, I'm a broke. I am. A, I've said this a lot on this podcast and I apologize and you know, I'm kind of a broken record with it. But, you know, the, you can only get so interesting, I guess, when saying everything's kind of great in a
0: movie. Mm. You know, what do you want? I guess well, it's it's not even so much that like I, I, uh, I like complimenting movies. I like talking about sure. good movies. I don't like criticizing movies, but. I I would like to be able to say something that no one else has ever said. I try that too. Yeah, yeah. Impossible great. with this movie. It's yeah, it's very hard. Impossible with the next one. isn't Yeah, a I, know, I know, I know. It's called The Godfather Part Two, from 1974. It's directed and written by Francis Ford Coppola. Stars Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, and John Cazale. But you knew that already. The early life and career of Vito Corleone in 1920s New York City is portrayed. While his son, Michael, expands and tightens his grip on the family crime syndicate. So, I don't think we need to talk about The Godfather Part 2 again. I mean, it's, uh, you know, one of the great movies ever made, and one of the great mobster movies ever made, and one of the great movies ever made about the immigrant experience. Probably the definitive immigrant experience movie. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great brother movie. It's a great family movie. (laughs) 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 Salute me, familia (laughs) All that shit Yep Uh, Pacino gives one of the great performances of all time It's the fact he didn't win the Oscar is like a crime against humanity itself When you say best performances of all time You're not just talking about his
1: performances It's like one of the greatest performances by an actor ever Yeah, Yeah. period I don't know how you can act more than he acts in this It's really something else We said this when we talked about it last time for 1974 But Jesus Christ I rewatched it too and I was just like this is kind of unbeatable Yes, and it's one of those it's it's like if I were an actor I'd look at what he's doing in this movie I'd be like what's the point Right.
0: (laughs) I'm never gonna hit that what's the point he goes to so (laughs) many different levels and then you have De Niro punctuating all of it who's giving another one of the great performances of all time uh, it's not as loud as Pacino's performance but like not supposed to be no I mean it, it actually is that's the master class in like why these two are two of the greats and why are they the uh, complimentary stories yes and, uh, but they're also they're the, the two of them are great for different reasons right yes. like De Niro is able to do the meditative stuff and Pacino is able to do the loud stuff mm-hmm. and when they both go the other way when Pacino <laughs> goes quiet and De Niro explodes it's even more of a superpower you know um But, like, some of the all-time great performances from the supporting cast are also in this movie. I mean... Duvall is unbelievable in this. Yeah, he's very good in this one. Kazale yeah, is unbelievable in it, this. I,
1: I, I was more interested in that, though. I think it's Kazale's best performance. Yes. By far. By far. Yeah, it's, it's, it breaks my heart every time seeing him in this movie, just not knowing any better. Yeah. I love that character so much. I really do. Uh, and
0: then you got other one. You got, like, uh, Michael Vigazo. Uh, oh, God, he's so good. Who plays Pentangeli. yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, yeah. amazing he, he, in this.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> And then you got Lee Strasberg as Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Hyman. Under, one of the great characters. Underrated villain. Yeah. Oh, one of the great villains of all time. Yeah, and you have, you know, Lee Strasberg's playing this part who, like, you know, maybe not a household name, but is as responsible for the development of method acting as anyone yeah. in the history of cinema. That's like, true. all of the people at, on top of him on the call sheet... De Niro, Pacino, Brando, all studied at the Actors Studio in New York under Lee Strasberg. So he's just in this doing like a really cool supporting performance. Um, like even Talia Shire is good, in really this good. Movie. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. So uh, I mean, it's just it's a masterclass in acting, and you understand why a lot of people think this is the superior Godfather movie, just because um, it's such a clinic. Yeah, I, I
1: know. It all it, it almost it, it almost cheats a little bit because of how brilliant the 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 complementary stories are and how they elevate each other by being there It's like and I don't know how he came up with that I would love to to see see an interview where he talks about like how he came to the conclusion that It needed to be a sequel, but it also needed to be a prequel I think it was
0: Puzo's idea. Really? Yeah, I think so Because Puzo had written in the, the novel about the Vito origin story That was all wow. there in the original book. I see and yeah I think after the success of the first one he was kind of interested in incorporating that stuff wow which okay. was I, I think seen as not especially relevant when they made the first movie god i just love it
1: i just love it so much that the, the way it kind of gets into the the <laughs> it's it, first of all it's immensely entertaining the 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 veto stuff is more entertaining the the michael stuff is more heartbreaking yeah uh but i just love that that sense of like the uh how it details the american way in both versions and how the you know it's it's never Perfect and it's always going to be kind of messy But there's a hopeful quality to it in Vito's you need to be careful with <laughs> Ultimately well, ultimately, but, I
0: think like he rises to power through Compassion yes exactly exactly You know whereas as Michael Is destroyed by greed and yes, domination Exactly and that's and right if He had learned a thing or two from his father I mean he Would not have ended up where he ended up
1: but you also Understand like how it could Start with someone like Vito And, and end with someone like like Michael And how like even a dream like this because of their circumstances and because of their way of going about getting what they want, it was probably inevitably, inevitably always going to end up with Michael. It's very upsetting, like, because it presents you with this great idea of hope only for it to, to remind you that, n- no, there's really no way it stays that way. It's sad. It's, you know, but again, tells you, like, this is what you're in for when you're coming to America. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm curious if, uh, I'm curious if Coppola ever read Dune Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like <laughs> always comes back to fucking her. I'm just saying, it? I'm just saying like Michael's arc is identical to Paul's. I'm reading Dune. I was reading Dune Messiah a, uh, a little while ago and, um, uh, I was like, Oh yeah. Like it's, it's Michael Corleone. <laughs> it's exactly Michael Corleone.
0: <laughs> I don't think that was Puzo's vibe. You don't think so? I don't think so. You, you man. just don't want to believe
1: it. <laughs> no, I don't think Puzo.
0: I don't know. Maybe he was a big dude. fan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh yeah, I, I mean I, now in terms of it as a prequel, that's sort of what I want to focus mm. on here for the purposes of this. It it is obviously a, a sequel. Yes, it is also a prequel. It is um it, it is sort of the archetype for movies that have come after it. Like uh, for example, there's a Lion King movie coming out directed by Barry Jenkins that evidently is going to adopt a similar formula, showing the rise of Mufasa and <laughs> Simba's sort of reign over the the Serengeti fuck, uh, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Another great American film also adopts this formula. Uh, but where I think it works here and why I think it is definitively one of the great prequels of all time is because it, it, it comments on that original film. Mm -hmm. It, it doesn't necessarily, uh, try to strip mine it for parts. It doesn't try to like exploit nostalgia. Um, it's in conversation with that original movie and it it deals with the cyclical nature of the original movie and this family and how, you know, violence in the past begets violence. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think like, I, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't have been there in 1972, but I don't imagine if I went to see the Godfather in theaters in 72, I would, I would be dying to know what Michael would do next, you know, nor would I really be dying to know how Vito became Vito but the movie is able to be its own thing. It kind of exists as its own unique artifact. It's not. It doesn't
1: build up to the first movie. There's also that that point we were making. It doesn't like the how. It's it's almost even
0: separate. It's still kind of right. Its own yeah, it's its own thing. thing. Yeah. 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 You know. Uh, so that like that's kind of I think the brilliance of it is is its own kind of artistic statement that plays around with the timeline a little bit and and. Roots it in character, and that's they the key all, with prequels. It's it's rooted in character. They, if you don't root it in character,
1: like it's it's just it's not going to work. They all, all of these, in my opinion, do that for the most part. I mean, Indiana Jones is you know more of an action film, but even that, when it, like you know, when it's at its best, is usually rooted in just the, these characters in these harrowing but also fun situations. Yeah. Uh, but The Godfather is just all character. <laughs> it's yeah. just drenched in humanity. You're kind of my Fredo. I'm your Fredo. Yeah. <laughs> who are you i don't know i'm sunny i've been dead for
0: five years uh i feel like i'm robert duvall <laughs> i feel like that makes more sense for me you are not tom hagan i think i could be Tom. you Hagen. are not stop i think i could be don't tom even go there dude i'm not michael uh don't even go there
1: i guess it, i guess it makes sense for me to be Fredo, but I don't know I'm a
0: little more capable than you're, you're Marco okay I, I'm gonna Whack you at the end of this podcast <laughs> Marco oh yeah. god Clean it up <laughs> Okay uh, That's it that's the Godfather Part 2 um, Yeah I mean Not a prequel a prequel I, I don't know I, I think we should put it in the movie hall of fame But oh, I yeah. guess we'll get to it when we get to it <laughs> Yep. I think we should put it in already It's Is it in yet You think we should put it in Godfather 1 is in there Godfather 3 is, is in it? there Godfather 2 isn't No Let's wait a second Okay <laughs> Indiana Jones and the <laughs> Temple of Doom Is this gonna become a running gag <laughs> Is this like we like Refuse to put Die Hard in Like <laughs> five podcasts in a row Let's
1: we'll see if if it doesn't get in Nico just remember there is a there will be a part one part two part three part four sequels pod (laughs) there are many a sequels we should talk about and probably induct
0: so don't worry Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom from 1984 it is directed by a man named Steven Spielberg Uh, it is starring Harrison Ford Cape Capshaw uh, now known as uh, Kate Spielberg and K-Huan, K-Hu-Kwan? K-Hu-Kwan? hu uh, A skirmish in Shanghai puts archaeologist Indiana Jones and his partner Short Round and singer Willie Scott crossing paths when an Indian village desperate to reclaim a rock stolen by a secret cult beneath the catacombs of an ancient palace. If it all sounds like word salad, that's because it is. Uh, This is an absurd movie. It is so ridiculous. It is known, I think, as the movie that created the PG-13 rating. It is one of two. What's the other one? Gremlins. Yeah. Uh, There you go. And both Spielberg uh, produced or directed. uh, (laughs) Thanks,
1: Spielberg?
0: Yeah, like... I don't know. Yeah.
1: No. No. Actually, no. (laughs) No. Yeah. That PG-13 rating's troubling.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, now every movie is PG-13. Yeah, I know. That's I know. what's annoying about it, you know? It's like... There was a time where PG-13 movies were like this.
1: Right. You know, and I, I understand, like, again, I wouldn't... a PG, It's It would seem weird rating a movie like Temple of Doom PG. I get it. But... Mm. Uh, I would have been okay with it if all movies were as fucking bananas as this one, yes. but they just weren't, you know. It's right. like
0: I mean, literally they invented a rating because they didn't know what to do with this. Yes, movie. exactly. Yep. You know, that's what's cool about it. It's like PG movies are for kids, but wait a minute. This is kind of for kids, but kids shouldn't be seeing this. No. And it's like like that that's what the rating should be for. Whereas now it's like we have a movie that is clearly aimed at children except we want to make sure adults come too. Mm-hmm. So we're going to it's, we're going to engineer something that delivers the PG-13 rating. Like, we're going yeah, to include don't. one F-word. We're going to include no nudity. Maybe an ass crack every now and again. Uh, you know, the the sexual content is going to be up to a certain level where the adults understand it, but the kids don't. Stupid. Yes, that that's the thing. Whereas, like, yeah, this is purely PG-13 in that it is a kid's movie, certainly. But, I, I mean... Maybe it's not one that the parents introduce. Maybe it's something that the babysitter introduces.
1: Probably, yeah. This is a movie that I didn't see it when I was a kid. Well, I mean, I I, I didn't see it when I was a little little kid. Yeah. Uh. So I wasn't at the age for this movie to terrify me. However, if you know you were of the PG age, I can imagine why this would. Because
0: yeah, this is movies. It's a little fucked up. Very fucked up, I would say. What's weird is like I'm more <laughs> disturbed by it now, now. <laughs> than I was when I was ten. <laughs> Even
1: the opening, man, like where he stabs the guy with the skewers that are on fire and then he shoots it at nothing. Like even that moment, I remember on rewatch, like, oh, God, oh, God,
0: that's like fucked. And that's not right. Yeah. And some stuff like the the heart sequence is just purely disturbing. It's just a disturbing idea and will always be disturbing. And uh and yep. then
1: what follows, I mean, the whole, I guess, yeah, that is the heart scene where he's lowered into the lava. That's actually more disturbing to me than the heart. Yes. <laughs> Way more disturbing to me than the heart. Oh,
0: yeah. Or the voodoo doll, everything with the voodoo oh, doll. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a movie that picks at your nerves, which is unexpected. that That's the thing that would freak me out as a child because it's like not the type of thing that I would want to see hmm. as, as a kid where it's like... You know, there's a lot of like you know jackass paper cut moments in this movie, more oh, so word, more yeah. so than you think. <laughs>
0: totally, yeah. Like the the stuff with the bugs, the like, bugs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the spiders in that hidden passageway are just getting caught in in uh, Kate Capshaw's hair is just yeah, really chilling, but not in like an obviously scary way. Yeah. S-
1: something about the, uh, the 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 minecart scene too, with the screeches that sound like someone's screaming as well. It's like too fast, and it's it does feel like you're actually in that thing too. But like, yeah, this movie's just deeply unsettling.
0: Dude, for- there's a mine shaft in this movie. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah, there fu- mine shaft chase. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that seemingly never ends. It goes on for like ten miles. It's it's awesome. It's stuff. fucking awesome. And then like at the end, like they're like. They're hovering over a river and there's alligators at the bottom. Yeah, and then they rip everyone apart. I mean, like, dude, movies, man, capital M movies. Yeah, dude, it's awesome.
1: I okay, so this movie, uh, the the, re, the feelings on the movie now, it's still a you know relatively beloved movie, but it wasn't until like I got to high school that I realized that there were a lot of people that don't really like this movie, and I. To, I, I rewatch this movie all the time still to this day I don't really understand it honestly
0: yeah it, it's the one that I again I watched this yeah I was probably like 10 or 11 when I watched them all for the first time and this was aside from the fourth one this was my least favorite clearly Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if it was like the horror elements maybe I just like was not that kind of kid but I mean I don't know like a guy's face gets melted in the first one and that's pretty disturbing too it is, yeah Um. Yeah, I I think now I look back on it and I'm like, oh, this is like such like a cool genre blending exercise yeah. <laughs> that... Uh, you know that's goofy and allows itself to
1: be goofy and fun (laughs) Spielberg's never been on drugs in his life but this is as close as we've gotten right yeah kind of love oh yeah now like everything
0: that I didn't like about it as a kid I like I embrace now definitely I mean I I haven't watched Last Crusade in a couple years but like that movie is definitely like more polished Mm -hmm. Um, you know like there's I mean there's again there is still the fountain of youth at the end they're all goofy movies but this one is the most bananas and by far yeah, By that's what I love about it now. Yeah, I guess my all I mean, it's another movie where I just
1: love this the setting. I love these set pieces. It's got perhaps the most consistently iconic set pieces, I would say. If you're asking me like, like moment to moment, I think more people will think back to this movie than the other ones. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I guess giant ball excluded
1: yeah but that's it like that that's what I'm saying though it's like yeah you think of the giant Ball and Raiders yeah. you might not necessarily think of some of the things that follow you you the next thing that'll come to mind is probably the the gun right the but this one is I think a lot of people remember the stupid uh floats they remember that stuff i th- I, I think a lot of people remember the monkey brains. I think a lot of people remember obviously you remember the heart and then you remember the 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 the, the like the scene with the bugs the spikes coming out of the floor all that stuff yeah yeah.
0: Here are some of the genres that I wrote down. Oh Lord, that this movie kind of dabbles in. Opening sequence, purely a musical. Yes, purely like an old school Hollywood uh, Technicolor musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the anything goes musical number that yeah. Kate Capshaw performs, um, and then you're like, what movie am I? I Why know, am I, I watching? Like, <laughs> where's indie? I mean, where's the hat? Where's the whip? Um, In the middle, there's a sequence between Harrison Ford and Kate Capshaw that is purely a sex romp, Mm -hmm. purely a romantic comedy. The entire idea of, like, will they, won't they? Uh, You know, will you come into my room? How dare you decline my invitation? Uh, I could have been your best adventure, Indy, you know, right in the middle. Like, that was crazy to see. Uh, Spielberg, not usually, like, a sex guy. (laughs) Yeah, Not sure he's ever had sex in his life. Uh, (laughs) Stuff with the heart in the middle. Horror movie. Yeah. Purely a horror movie. Uh, And then you got all these little like Bond movie flourishes. You have like this spy movie shit with like antidotes and secret passageways. Yeah, that's right. uh, You kind of have like a mystery element to it. This is what a sequel slash prequel ought to be, man. Yeah, it's cool in that way. You yeah. know, you have the character, you have the vibe, you have the feeling. Let's blow it up. <laughs> Let's play around with genres. Let's take chances. Let's get crazier. Um, it, yeah, it, it doesn't really operate like a prequel, as we mentioned prior. It, it doesn't really tell us anything that we didn't know already. Um, but Spielberg cashed the blank check that he was given. After oh, my the original, God. You know? Yeah 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 it's really good it's really
1: fucking fun i had a great time with it I yeah was no th- how fun it was. it's it's it, it's one it's one of the most rewatchable for me because of how fun it is it's not my favorite of course but uh i i, I don't know it's strangely for that reason it, it's i think i watch this one more than i do last crusade even though i like last crusade more i don't know what that is yeah but i yeah i think i do uh yeah, God. I love I love the, the 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 fact that this movie has a sort of fuck it all mentality to it because it sort of adds to the, the wild adventure that Indy's on. Mm. Uh you know, I don't like the MacGuffin. That's my big one of my bigger criticisms. It's like the the are of the Covenant's interesting and yes. the Holy Grail's interesting. Totally. Uh the Rocks of Shankara. Ever heard of those? No. No, exactly. So it's like, okay, whatever. It's, it is it is what it is. I will say, and a lot, what a lot of people hate about this movie uh, generally comes down to character, and it's usually Willie. She's
0: not good. No, I don't mind her presence. for. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't think she's that bad. I just think the character's kind of
1: annoying. Yeah, well, she is annoying. I mean, deliberately so. Right. Uh I yeah, and I, I don't I don't hate the character, I don't hate Kate Capshaw's performance. Uh but a lot of people like get very, very fed up with this movie from for her alone. I gotta right. be honest though, without her in the movie, it might be slightly unwatchable in a lot of ways. There's something about the way she balances out what's happening. Uh it's I like a I like an a, an audience avatar
0: of like seriously, guys, yes. what the fuck is going you on? You definitely yeah. need that. Because <laughs> yes, like the the uh the Vietnamese boy that can for some reason drive a car and can <laughs> can like beat up giant goons. Yes. We're crying out loud, there's a kid driving the car. Yeah. It's great. Exactly. That is absurd on its premise and yeah, you kind of do need a person in there to be like wait a minute wh- what exactly is happening here <laughs> yes exactly exactly yeah I-, I agree with that yeah the indie and short round story i think would kind of feel incomplete but um, I'm, and it but it also makes them better too definitely it enha- yeah it enhances their dynamic too but here's the great thing like it it's it functions as a sequel because you know it calls back to the original movie um the idea that he's afraid of snakes is you know, uh, knowledge that we have from the first one, it enhances this one. Um, you know, there's even a callback to the gun uh, moment, yeah, uh, except this right. time it doesn't have the gun. That's great. So it's weird. It happens before that moment, but it's a callback to it. Uh, Short Round is a new character. He's not like, you know, the kid that got uh, that that gave Indy the whip or, you know, I know- <laughs> he's the guy. You know, he's the reason why he's afraid of snakes or it's, it's like none of that like origin story bullshit like he's just allowed to be a new character yep. in this adventure yep. um and i kind of like that he was not like the skeleton key that unlocked the rest of the franchise you me know too what I mean? me too me too me too which is why this thing is it is again technically a prequel but really functions as a sequel that that's what i keep saying it, it is a, it
1: effectively not a prequel in my eyes I mean, even to this day it's hard for me to accept it as such because yeah. it doesn't operate with that 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 idea i mean it has its own novelty right where it's like it's not bound by the original at all you could watch this as you know as it's as the only indiana jones film and it would make a lot of sense i it, it's weird
0: right yeah yeah like a lesser movie would have been like short round dies at the end and <laughs> and and that's why Indy is it becomes like a treasure hunter crusader, you know? Well they do that in Last Crusade, funny enough. They do. There
1: is a prequel in Last Crusade. They, yes, that enough. yes, yeah, An yeah. actual prequel. This one, yeah. That's yes, true. It, yeah. This one doesn't really do that. The real Indiana Jones prequel is the third movie, strangely.
0: <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Fair point, Adam. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Check in mate. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing on the rewatch. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Harrison Ford's really good in these movies, yeah, <laughs> my Lord, like, he's become kind of the gruff old guy now that's been phoning it in since Air Force One. And like, uh, man, i I think it's easy to forget sometimes how how good he was. How expressive and fallible and like what a relatable action hero Indiana Jones actually oh was my God. like we talk about
1: that a lot he's one of the 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 prototypical vulnerable guys who can do extraordinary things but he, you, you never really know if he's going to make it out alive. Even when I know he's going to survive, even in this movie, yeah. when he's getting stabbed with the, the, the voodoo doll, it still works. Right. I'm still, it's, I still get that,
0: those feelings where it's like, oh my God,
1: no, Indy, you're going to die.
0: Oh, he's, he's okay. Or even when like, he's like on the edge of a cliff and his mm. hat's about to fall off and you just see his face of like, whoa,
1: like. <laughs> you want to know something funny? Yeah. Uh, One of uh the key inspirations for one Jim Carrey's routine. Oh, wow. Harrison Ford really yeah is it fair to say he's underrated harrison ford yeah yes because he's great in all these movies he's
0: really good i mean he's good for even the reasons that people don't give him credit yes i know
1: he's a he's a wonderfully relatable charismatic guy he's got that indelible charm again when i point to like movie stardom where it's like you got it kid it's like there's been too many actors nowadays who aren't stars because they don't have that Thing and mm. I'm always like using Harrison Ford as an example where it's like, man, I can't point to what it is, but but you got it, right. You got it, man. Even in even he's good, in even uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, he's good in that,
0: yeah. He works, you know, he is. Um, yeah. what's his best? He was really good in the 80s, though, man. Oh my god, <laughs> he was good in all of these,
1: just every every even when he has when he has to be like the the, the cocky asshole, it's, it's 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 lovable when he has to say one word, it's lovable oh shit just yeah. the best
0: it's i a, love it it's also a different character than han solo too. <laughs> it is a very different character it's a very different character and he doesn't get enough credit for that either
1: i don't like it when people compare the two they are wildly different in my opinion yeah and that this one is this guy is a little more okay he's not pathetic that's the big thing like when you when you peel it back harrison ford is uh, not harrison ford um, um han solo is kind of a goofball yes always to some degree sort of has yes. been yeah.
0: well with this this guy's you yes know, that's is, true yeah this falls front yeah. up. yeah i mean i love him uh jabril pointed out to me a couple months ago harrison ford has never hosted saturday night live and i think he needs to do that
1: oh that's a good poll
0: yeah yeah i'd love to I see thought that that was kind of interesting
1: i would love to see that He's got good comedy chops. That's the other thing. He's hilarious. People, I forgot who it was, but someone was like, n- it, b- apart from Jim Carrey, he's like, one of the great co- comedy actors, the most underrated comedy actors is Harrison Ford. He is funny though. Even, even when he, he's funny, even when he's not even trying to be funny, but when he's trying to be funny, he's legitimately hilarious. Like when David Blaine came to his house and did that magic trick, that's great. It's Harrison Ford <laughs> gold right there. Oh my God. He's so good. Uh, I love him. I love him. What's his best? Modern performance. I have an answer. Best modern performance? I go Blade Runner 2049. I think he's remarkable in that. I actually think he should have been nominated for Best Supporting
0: Actor. He's excellent in that movie. Yeah. He's really good. I mean, I don't know. He's really good in Star Wars, too. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's That's really true. good in those new Star I mean, he's even pretty good in the ninth one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is? I, I don't really like that scene, but.
1: He's good in that scene. I think you you hate that scene on like a principle. Yeah, you know, I just you know, don't. Yeah, like the fact that they attempted it at all. But I think he's actually pretty good in that moment. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think for me, for me, it's Blade Runner just because it's a side of Harrison Ford that I hadn't really seen before. Right, that level of vulnerability out of him is very unusual, and he's he's amazing in that.
0: Mm. I love him. in That uh, okay, let's move on. Um, by the way, the the five directors that we're talking about today, I just realized. Sergio Leone, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Ridley Scott. <laughs> wow. I mean... I, I just realized that too. Uh, th- like, I don't know, five of the ten most famous directors ever? Yeah. Holy right? shit, I didn't yeah. realize that. I mean, they just... all
1: attempted a prequel. Yeah. D- by the way, by the way, before we go any further, do we need to talk about Dominion? About this, oh, yeah. this controversy, you piece of I don't shit. Know. It's controversy.
0: It's a controversy really. to me. Okay,
1: go ahead. <laughs> you, you made me watch Dominion, okay. so
0: you didn't have to. You got beef? Go ahead. Start Start, start some beef. God, what a fucking weird movie! Yeah, I suggested that we do the Paul Schrader film Dominion colon prequel it's, to The Exorcist.
1: It's just, I mean, it's it's. Why is this a thing? Put it on the docket. Okay. Fascinating movie in that way. It's uh-huh. just like, what were you guys thinking? Yeah. Interesting movie in that way, and it's a, it's a Paul Schrader film. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dock it for that, but Jesus, it just says you want an Exorcist prequel? Fuck yourself. <laughs>
0: Well, it, it's it's all like it's Catholic guilt, right? It's that's nothing, all it is. It's just Paul Strainer just but Catholic guilt, yeah.
1: all instigated by a bunch of Nazis shooting people, and then, and then Father Marin feels bad for the whole movie. Hell yeah,
0: The the cutaway. And Father Marin just feels bad the whole time. He's just sad. Yeah, that's the whole movie. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. When Fucking they, traitor, dude. When they
1: finally. Constant Gardner
0: coming to a theater near you.
1: It is the silliest approach to this material I have ever seen. Doesn't give the audience anything they want. Like, it's the fuck. Yeah. Like, I. I, I even, is it scary? No. No. Of God, not, right. God, no. Fuck no, it's not <laughs> scary. There are so many cutaways from what you're expecting to see. You will get to the third act of the movie and you're with the demon. And they cut away to the guy, to Father Marin running away and recuperating. I'm not sure about this demon fellow. (laughs) I'm not sure if it's worth it. Also, the movie doesn't look very good. I mean, it just looks like a television film. I said this before, but like, the visual effects in this movie are worse than Deep Blue Sea. They're quite bad. They're quite bad. (laughs) Uh,. There there are instances where it's kind of for the scariness is going for that weird like, like I I use this example where it's like the blood is orange when it should be red, but it being orange is almost ickier. It's almost going for that at times with the way it uses the demon. God, the demon's so funny in this movie. God is the demon hilarious. It's a giant walking dick. I just have to say that. The oh. demon, you know, it's it's a person. But the head of this person kind of looks like a penis to me. Yeah, uh, Maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's kind of laughing the whole movie. <laughs> I got to see this. You can, no, I, I recommend you see it. You might, My interest has been piqued.
0: You're, I, I, I think, well, I want you to see it. I just frustrated that. <laughs> I didn't get time. I didn't have the time to do it. But uh, yeah, I, I was clearly it. it i I don't think like it uh, is as impactful or relevant as the other five movies on this list.
1: No, and also nothing happens in the movie right. Like nothing
0: happens i was I was fascinated nothing by the Schrader of it all, though,
1: and it's very Schrader yeah. with the Rennie Harlan sneaking in
0: occasionally. Yeah, so the story behind that's kind of interesting, right? Like yeah. the, Schrader was hired to do uh, a prequel to The Exorcist. He made this movie. Brought it to the studio. The studio's like, what's this shit? Yep. They bring on Rennie Harlan to do like rewrites and reshoots. Is yep. that right? Yep. That version of the movie is released. It bombs. And so they decide, ah, oh, let's just release the Schrader version after all. So there's actually two versions of this movie that both exist and you yep. can stream either of them. Yeah. I would recommend it. I'm interested. It's because it's so weird. I'm curious. It is so bizarre. I might watch it on Halloween this year. All right. Imagine I just get a group of people together. Guys, let's watch a scary movie. Mm. <laughs> Dominion. What <laughs> Again, in the
1: title, Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Did you know it's a prequel to The Exorcist? Well, here you go. Dominion.
0: It's the best. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, all right. Uh, next on the list, Star Wars, colon, episode three, dash, Revenge of the Sith. Don't know why I said it that way. Uh, <laughs> written and directed by George Lucas, starring Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, Samuel L. Jackson, and Ian McDiarmid. McDiarmid
1: wouldn't be a prequel pod without at least one of the Star Wars prequels. One of, the, in my opinion, you can't avoid it. is it, 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 they—they are the prequels, and they
0: will always be the prequels. Three years into the Clone Wars, the Jedi rescue Palpatine from Count Dooku. As Obi-Wan pursues a new threat, Anakin acts as a double agent between the Jedi Council and Palpatine and is lured into a sinister plan to rule the galaxy. You know, the the, uh, Butch and Sundance movie coined the term prequel, but this is really when the term prequel reached mainstream. Popular, yeah. yeah. And everyone sort of uses the term now to describe movies that come before others. Um, I guess normally this conversation would
1: start with us talking about the Phantom Menace, but we're, I don't want to. We don't have to do that. No, we decided to
0: pick the best one. Yes, I think this is kind of definitively the best one. Easily. Uh, I, I haven't met a spicy person be like this. This is actually not as good as Attack of the Clones. You know, I'd like to meet that person though. I invite them to come on this podcast if you feel that way. I might have met someone who prefers Phantom Menace. Mm. I mean, I I believe that episode two is the worst pretty definitively
1: i am at that point now i hate to say it yeah I have episode nine at the very bottom hell yeah well there we go yeah okay nine very, yes very bottom I now agree. i am yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> and then episode
0: two <laughs> right uh and so here's the thing about star wars and why they were able to pull this off before anyone else really star wars has something that no other film franchise has ever had before it has a sense of promise right mm. nothing that came before it had promised as much as the those original films set up you know like think about how crazy it is i, I go see a re-release of of the original star wars it's titled star wars episode 4 a new oh, hope oh yeah 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 you're right think about that like lucas for whatever you want to say about the guy you know the guy has uh, has made some mistakes in his day but sure. The foresight of setting that up, and the finger of the pulse that he had on uh, on culture at the time, um, knowing that I'm going to call this episode for not explain myself, and just let you wonder what those things are, and then to set up all of these mysteries, right? Set up these twists, set up these these revelations. Luke, I am your father. I mean that that is that opens up just a whole world of yep. questions that. I think in a perfect world would make for interesting prequels. Yes. Now I don't think the movies are particularly good, but these are all questions that I demand to have answered. Like I don't care how Bilbo got the ring. You know, I don't, well, they already tell you how, Bilbo right. got the Yeah, ring. I don't really care how the Targaryens lost power, but like, <laughs> yeah, I care about who Anakin Skywalker was. You know, I care about how he turned to the dark side. I care about his history with, with Obi-Wan. Um, so you got to give Lucas credit. He really set this up well. He's an ideal man. He's always
1: been a great idea man. He yeah. and anyone who says he's an idiot, no, he made Star Wars. Go fuck yourself. Right. Just by the fact that he made Star Wars, guys. Yeah. I understand that you don't like, you know, what Star Wars has become. I don't blame you. I don't like what Star Wars has become, but again, I will I will reiterate, the man made Star Wars. <laughs> He created like, lightsabers
0: <laughs> For f- and Wookiees. Yeah, yeah.
1: The Jedi. Right. Jesus Christ. The uh, force. <laughs> he created Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I stand by this movie a lot. There's still a lot of people that don't like it at all. Right. So a lot of people that say, yeah, it's the best one, but it's still a complete mess. And it ain't perfect. Damning with faint praise, perhaps. Yes, I know. I know, I know. Yeah. It's not perfect. I completely agree that it's got to. You know, it's a lot of the same issues as a matter of fact, it's, you know, it, it lulls a lot. There's a lot of talking with not very interesting conversations and pretty bad dialogue, some weak acting, whatever. I'm at that point where I'm kind of like, whatever, because the story is so good. Mm. And that's what I keep coming back to when I talk about the prequels more than anything. Well, the, like I said before, the plotting you could criticize to death. This is just an awesome story to me, and a really great tragic story that I actually kind of love. Yeah, it's
0: really good. Yeah, when you think about it, it's like just thinking about it. I. It's it not like really works. It's not fan fanservicey. No, in the way that a lot of prequels are. Right? There's an inevitability no. to what happens. Mm-hmm. There's a sadness to what happens. It's kind of like Kevin Smith's line, or the the line that he wrote for Clerks of like, you know, Episode Five is the best because it ends as a downer. You know, like it's it's a tragic ending. It's like <laughs> holy shit, like. My hand's chopped off, Darth Vader's my father, and we're losing the war. Yep. <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, this movie, uh, it's a its a march to this inevitable conclusion, and we know exactly where we're going. Again, the what, right? Yeah. We know what the what is. We know it. We've seen the what. Like, all we care about is the how, and uh, when you eventually get there, it's like, yeah, it's inevitable, but I didn't think it would be this sad. Like, no, I, exactly. I, you know, like the line. So this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. It's like, great, great line. That's just really good screenwriting, man. That's just <laughs> like a really. Thought? That's a fucking awesome idea. Who would have thought? <laughs> you know, just like watching, uh, you know, authoritarianism, the rise of authoritarianism, and yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, how'd the empire get here? They you know? do well, but but they do it. They they do it. In, you can argue it. They do it in a way that's
1: almost too realistic. If that makes for yeah. like they do it. They do it diplomatically. Sure. <laughs> well, is that weird. is the problem of the first. Two I, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I understand. Like that. That was his approach and everything. It's just like for Star Wars. Okay. Right. Whatever. But uh, but it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, you know, I'm not the only person to say this. You and I have said this a billion times. But this is what the prequels always should have been, even with the the problems that are here. Don't worry, it's not perfect, but. God, I just, I just, I just love how this movie gets to the point. At the end of the day, it's not really about, not really about how the empire came to power. It's about the fall of Anakin Skywalker.
0: Yes, and I love it. And I think all those elements. Well, it's about how he gets sucked into to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's like like watching a Hitler youth like uh, join the Nazis. Like it's that kind of thing. It's like you know watching a, a young feeble mind get uh brainwashed by authoritarianism Uh, but just in this promise of this really
1: like ambitious like like promise yeah promising young boy who who is aspiring for great things just be warped in the way that he is and you know it goes beyond the scenes where he's talking with Palpatine many of which I actually really like um I have to say like it's got one of my like top five Star Wars scenes where he's he's just looking out Coruscant and Padme is looking out into Coruscant and there's no there's there's no dialogue there's no voiceover they're just it's implied that they're longing for each other and that they're never going to be there ever again mm. and it is sad it almost brings me to tears it's mm. really really strong yeah. with that John Williams music in that moment too oh my god is it effective yeah it's great stuff I think this movie is a little underrated just a little bit
0: I agree with that is it corny as hell at times yes is, is it stupid at times Hell yeah absolutely I mean uh you killed her with your anger is, <laughs> yeah It's ridiculous yeah um, and it's weird like this movie almost it doesn't really exist as a movie in the culture anymore just because it's become so memed and it's, I know I it's that. an idea more than anything like the idea of the prequels are kind of like you know the the original George Lucas's original sin and it's it, like it, it's hard to even consider this as a movie anymore but when you actually do think about it as that um and when you actually look at the arc of this character, uh, it's pretty damn fulfilling. It is, it is, And, it and, is, and yeah. that's that's the key. It like, does the work is important. Thing. It does the work, mm-hmm. and it gets there, and you're satisfied. Yes. Now, am I happy that I spent the time with Jar Jar for two movies or whatever? Like, am I... Am I happy that I went on a honeymoon with Anakin and Padme in Episode Two? <laughs> that is the worst shit. It's the oh, worst. No, I oh got it so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. But like, yeah, by the end of it, it it really does, you know, like uh, like the rug and Big Lebowski. It really ties the room together. It just do just do this movie. It just do this
1: movie, and then jump into. Yeah, in I wonder if you could it. just
0: just watch this as its own movie. And it kind I of get of works it.
1: okay. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're little things, but I don't really care about those other things. Mm. You know. Yeah, I don't I don't it's whatever. Yeah, right. I'm fine with that.
0: Totally. <sighs>
1: it's yeah, I it's, really like it. You know, <laughs> I do. I'm sorry, but I do. I've always I saw this in the theater with my mom. My mom hates Star Wars. Yeah, but she really likes this movie. And you dragged her to it. And she was surprised. She's like, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Oh wow!
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I was able to articulate what I liked about it when I was a kid. Sure, sure. I mean, I liked all of them as a kid, basically. <laughs> like, I, I I didn't really get Jar Jar, and I was pretty bored by episode two. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I, I, I I remember loving the final lightsaber battle. I, actually, there was a cro- there was a cross cutting. There is yeah between. There that are two lightsaber battles yeah. with Yoda and Palpatine, which is I would say less good. It is. Yeah. Um, although.
1: That that little detail with Yoda, where he comes and there's the royal guards there, and he just and yeah. they just knock
0: out. Yeah, that's little, good. Stuff. Little details like that. Yeah, uh, you know, I remember the younglings getting killed and that being quite disturbing. <laughs> uh, it's the first PG thirteen Star yeah. Wars movie, that's for right. what it's worth. Um, and it makes sense. And it totally makes so sense. So many beheadings
1: in this movie. By the way, I remember Count Dooku in the first like five minutes, I, dude. Seeing that what in 2005 is that yeah. when this came out? Yeah, I was yeah, only yeah. ten years old. We were ten, and it's like. Yeah what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's a hell of a moment for me as a as a as a movie viewer so yeah see also really good theater experience by the way really good theater experience
0: yeah um i yes i think it's good um i do too i think it's a good movie i it is a, it is impossible to separate it from that entire trilogy mm-hmm. it's impossible to separate it from the entirety of star wars at this point um but if we're thinking about it in terms of chapters of a story which it is uh this is a successful chapter i, I would com- yeah i completely you know? agree it, it it takes
1: that story in a satisfying direction tells it in a satisfying way and that's all i was ever really asking for mm-hmm. i know that's a broad idea but just just please like have that in mind it didn't seem like he had that in mind when he was making the first two that's for sure hmm. well i don't know like yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's some like why did you think this was going to be at all engaging to anybody going to see this movie? There's a lot of that. Yeah, stuff. the idea
0: of like jedis as, you know, government liaisons and tax collectors is <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's come yeah, on. it tests the it tests your patience, yeah. certainly. Um, but yeah, here they just, you know, Mace Windu just unfurls the purple lightsaber and just fuck shit up, you know? It's good yeah. shit. Yeah. And then gets his hand chopped off And then zapped And yeah more than that I would say (laughs) Uh, Okay Finally Mm. A 2012 movie 10 years ago at a mall I know I was thinking about that too A movie called Prometheus hit theaters It's directed by Ridley Scott Stars Nomi Repace Logan Marshall Green Michael Fassbender Charlize Theron Idris Elba And Guy Pearce Hell of a cast Following clues to the origin of mankind, a team finds a structure on a distant moon, but they soon realize they are not alone. This is of course a prequel to Alien. Ridley Scott returns to the franchise. Um, and I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even consider this Ridley Scott's baby. You know, like obviously like Alien? Yeah, well, I don't know. Like the, the franchise is kind of I, I don't, it, it's become its own thing at this point well, like, it, it, well it had evolved away from him by the second movie really. yeah well I mean Cameron kind of took the reins on it
1: well this is part of the reaction to this movie is in my opinion uh, informed by uh, what Cameron you know did way back with Aliens and what people kind of wanted with their Alien movies ever since because every time they tried to be a little different than Aliens most notably Alien 3 yeah. uh, people don't like it right they're like why aren't Marines shooting these things yes you know right so you know I have a lot of negative feelings towards that I don't like it when those movies do that. I think you know some of my favorite aspects of the series are in alien and alien 3 even though aliens is a better movie don't worry mm. but when you get to like the heart of the series the heart of it that what the alien series is and what it what it's always been about in my mind yeah they exist better in these silent movies Moments that sneak up on you without without you really knowing, and tap into a, an element of Lovecraft horror that has, you know, never really been better.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think like uh, Fincher comes around and does Part Three. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's the A V P movies, whatever. Like, I I feel like they're not really aping Ridley Scott any of those filmmakers in the way that. I don't know, say, like, you know, J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson are aping Lucas uh, with the Star Wars sequels. Like, it it kind of feels that they were empowered to do their own thing. Um, And so, Scott returning to the material is interesting. Like, he's... And I, I remember this being talked about at the time. This was kind of like his reclamation effort. Like, this is Scott returning to this universe. It's a it's a prequel, but it's not like leading up to the events of the original film. It more just exists in the same universe.
1: That was what I gathered from it before I even went. I I, yeah. I was aware that this was not, not going to be a prequel to alien in the traditional sense. It's just going to take one element of that movie and just tell a story within it.
0: Right. Yeah. But, but you know, Scott's coming back to correct the record essentially, you know, like this is, these are my movies and this is how I want to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um But then you got Damon Lindelof who writes this thing, who I think I mean, he actually comes in for the rewrites, so I'm not really sure how much of this movie is him. But there's a lot of flourishes in this. And by the way, I rewatched it for this podcast. Mm. Uh, man, there's just so much Damon Lindelof shit here. Like, yeah, I know. There's so much lost. There's so much leftovers. There's so <laughs> uh, much Watchmen. Um, and candidly, I'm I, I don't know. I'm hit or miss with Lindelof. Like, I think like when it works, it really works. And when it doesn't, I, I kind of find it to be uh, weirdness devoid of artistry. Mm. And that might, that, I don't know, that, that kind of feels like an oxymoron. But it feels like sometimes like he, he's, he loves ideas. He loves weird ideas. He loves provocation. But he doesn't often know where to go with it. So yeah. like Lost, for example, deals with a lot of religious iconography. Yeah, without really interrogating it that much. You know, it just kind of puts in there, this guy's the devil and this guy's God. Isn't that cool? Um, and Prometheus, I think, that might have been what what I was bumping up against the first time I saw it and the subsequent times that I watched it. I, I, like, I think the ideas are cool. You know, like the idea, like, okay. we're going to back up for a second, like. Okay, it is a prequel in the sense that we are not only explaining how the original characters got to be on that ship and got to, uh, you know, come into contact with a xenomorph, we're going to explain the entire origin of the species. Like, we're going to explain what God was thinking, you know, essentially, or what God is how these creatures were designed why humans came into existence yeah you know like we're really backing it up and going macro view and I think that's like really cool but I'm not sure Lindelof exactly knows where to go with it I will say this though on this rewatch I liked it more than any other time I'd seen it okay okay it's I would go so far as to say
1: it's not the best obviously it's not the best movie on this list uh it might be the most interesting prequel on this list Yes. In that that way. Um, Because you have complained about this in the past where it's like, why can't we just do something that takes place in the same universe, comes before, call it a prequel, but is bold enough to do its own things and to ask its own questions, but still keep traces of that DNA? And I've always been, at least, I understand your frustration with this movie, don't get me wrong, but I've always been confused why you hated it so much because I think it does all of those things rather well and you know, rather successfully, particularly with science fiction. It's one of my favorite science fiction films of the 2010s just for the questions it asks. And that's kind of the whole experience for me. Now, as an alien film, it's 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 not a film that I dislike by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely consider it The Black Sheep. Yes. Um, and I have no issue considering it The Black Sheep. I always loved, 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 loved this idea that we're going to do a prequel series that actually takes its time and lets you know that you know that there there are more interesting questions to ask beyond how did the xenomorph come into being it's like yeah we'll get there but it's but it's it's bigger it's more interesting than that than that we have more to say than just hey this thing was birthed through with an egg yes um and Yeah, I rewatched it again. I still find it a pretty rewarding experience as a a science fiction film. It's, you know, it's at the Mountains of Madness again. It's another alien film that is just an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. I think it's a great version of that. I think it's a great movie if you want to look at it in that light as just this story about people essentially going mad by things that they're not ready to understand, that they're not really made to understand. And that idea to me is terrifying because we're going to get there one day. And the thought of... you know coming to a place like this and not being ready for it and maybe perhaps even learning that it, it could very well be
0: the end of us <laughs> well yeah i mean is really terrifying well it's 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 also that idea of like do you really want are the questions yes. even worth
1: it yeah it, right are some, are you are you
0: ready for the answers are
1: you ready for the answers is the, is the biggest thing that i one of the things i love so much about this this movie and that like it was also part of the the backlash I, I thought where people are like no we want our answers but the movie's like no you're missing our point here Yes In a lot of ways Yeah and
0: I'm not I, I don't think I'm really frustrated By the ambiguity I, I I don't know I feel like Lindelof Sometimes bites off more Than he can chew With some of this stuff I don't even disagree with that Because I don't think It's a
1: perfect movie Yeah Uh. But, I, but it I, I've always been of the opinion That the the goods vastly outweigh the bad and a lot of that has to do with just how fascinating the movie is to me as just a bunch of interesting moral quandaries on existence and they're all done through character Yes, they're all done to me anyway i know you're probably some people are gonna hate this but they're done to me in a way that tracks a lot of people are like fuck this plot i'm always
0: like it's it's silly It's it's quite silly it
1: can be silly i know where you're coming from but like I don't know, like, I, I if you pay attention, it makes plenty of sense to me, uh, and I guess we'll get into that. But like, 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 part of the reason why it's silly is also part of the reason why it's more interesting to me. Partly because of the Wayland character in this, I have my hangups on that old man makeup, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just his character in the movie, I I I find to be. It, 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 an incredible choice
0: yeah i don't really know why you cast guy pierce just to put him I, under all that yeah i agree guy.
1: cast fucking i don't know do like like why not cast christopher Plummer? yeah sure alive. yeah there you go Someone like that yeah, yeah that i always thought that very donald sutherland yeah and, he, and he cast an old man for the <laughs> love of god
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah i i uh i respected this idea again that like we're gonna we're gonna take such a step back like we're really going to give you an origin story. You want an origin story? We're not just going to tell you how Indy got his whip. We're not just going to tell you, you know, how how Luke got his lightsaber. I mean, yeah, we're going to tell you who invented these things. Mm. And we're going to ask the questions of who is God and does God actually exist? Well, he does. He's just not really in the form that you think he is. And uh, all this meaning that you think is uh is embedded in humanity like yeah, like yeah. all the intelligent design quote unquote. I mean, you're just a you're just a garden that that xenomorphs are going to grow in. Maybe, maybe, or maybe it's more than that. Maybe it is, but, uh, like, yeah, this intelligent design that you keep going on and on about, like, yeah, you're, you're just a, you're a womb essentially. Uh, that, that's a, that's a gnarly idea. That's a really gnarly idea. And like, I don't think, I think that was a little lost on me the first time
1: that I watched it. It's, it's, I mean, like a lot of great science fiction films, the questions are usually quite challenging, but this is where I, I like Damon Lindelof, here because if you put him in something like law i mean i've only seen a little bit of lost and it's not quite for me i like that pilot a lot but Hmm. uh but for the most part like i i don't i can't really i haven't seen enough to fully comment on it but i think if his if his approach is i have a lot of interesting questions and i want to place them in a medium that you know Answers them on maybe on certain plot levels, but doesn't give you the full meaning that sort of forces you to come to terms with them. Science fiction is actually a really great venue to do it with. Right. And this is actually an an interesting sort of meditative story that allows
0: you to. Yeah. I think like, yeah, some of his questions aren't always meditative, though. Sometimes it's as simple as what is the smoke monster or why is there a (laughs) polar bear there? And like. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're talking about like What is the black goo for example That's like what is the black Yeah, yeah that, like uh, that's the shit that I don't really yeah, care I, about I yeah, And mean, like yeah. that's what Lindelof does a lot Like he'll put in like Like I, I heard his Watchmen show was excellent And I, I only watched the first episode of it And I couldn't get through it Because like the first episode had um, Squids Had squids <laughs> There you go Yeah <laughs> Thank you uh, It had squids Squids falling from the sky <laughs> And I and were, It was raining squids In Watchmen world and I thought you liked Magnolia Yeah, yeah Okay Our <clears throat> Perfect <laughs> example though Of where it works Like you know yeah. what I mean Like When Paul Thomas Anderson does that shit, it's like, whoa, like, that's a weird thing to happen in a movie. I don't really need to know why it's happening, but. It definitely it's given me a feeling it's saying something yeah you it's know? that David Lynch vibe yeah yeah, yeah it, I, right whereas when Lindelof does it it's like yo don't you want to know why it's raining squids and I'm like no not particularly not and, really Andrew Dominic why are you cut into black and white it's yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: why is this four by three
0: <laughs> like I don't really need to know and I think you're more interested in the question than I am and you almost expect me to be interested in what in, in the answer um So like, I don't know, that's that's the whole Lindelof thing. I mean, he's he's an ambitious storyteller, no question. And I don't want to make it seem like he's not an artist. I mean, he is he is an artist and he has a very unique voice. And uh, sometimes it works really well. Like there are episodes of The Leftovers that are transcendent. Um, Yeah. But yeah, here uh, that that. I think his voice was winning more than Ridley's was whereas in Covenant which is a movie that I like a lot more than you do and I think is superior to this one. Oh God, no. It felt like Ridley won. It it felt like there was like a... Oh, really?
1: I feel... I just... That doesn't feel like a Ridley Scott film to me really, <laughs> at all. Yeah, I, I have a lot of issues with that movie, partially because it it abandons all the mystery and the intrigue. It abandons what kind of makes the aliens scary. It abandons what makes this story terrifying, too, where it's just Friday the 13th in space to me. Yeah. Um, and the other like, I mean, also like it, it has like the, the, the first off Friday the 13th in space is Jason X. I know that. Let's be let's be clear. And it's Alien Covenant. Yeah. It's not that much different. <laughs> yes, it has like the same cinematography of a of a Ridley Scott film but like again just just but like nothing else to me. Yeah. He he resorted in my opinion to just going to like what he thought fans wanted. So he wasn't really listening to himself. He was listening to people who were critical of Prometheus and saying we want more xenomorph and it's like okay let's I'll put a xenomorph in there and I will rush it to 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 your heart's content and it won't really sell which is why the worst scenes in that movie are with the fucking xenomorph mm. i hate those scenes they do they 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 just oh they're so bad mm. every single moment with them whereas in here uh i'm I am more moved by just the environment in this movie and just the hostility and the uncertainty It looks of, really good of it. It's really well oh shot Oh my god dude, It's really the, well shot This movie looks better than every movie I've seen today short of a Villeneuve film
0: That's it mm. That is it I agree with that uh, Counterpoint though Yes The best part of Prometheus is Michael Fassbender That's true and, Maybe Oh come on the best part of Prometheus is I,
1: I, Idris is really good in it too. Idris is I, I like a lot of the supporting characters a lot. Yeah. Um yeah, oh you mean the best like that physical part? Yeah. Uh that it that is true, although there is a <laughs> how best to explain this because Covenant is <sighs> the the David stuff in that is totally different to me. It's yeah, a whole it's fucking awesome though. It's awesome in a why is
0: this a thing way. Okay, so the, those are the questions I'm more interested by, though. Like, I am way more interested in like, you know, what does this artificial intelligence think he is? You know, like what, what does he think about himself? Like, does he have a soul? What is a soul? Is it possible to possess it? Um, Don't you think they do that a little more subtly in this? Because they're asking the same yeah, questions. Yeah, they, in my it doesn't opinion. really go anywhere, though. Where I, sure. I, I really like they, they foreground it in covenant in a way that I find a lot more interesting and it's also like weird in a fun way as opposed (laughs) to this is kind of weird in an annoying way
1: i find it fascinating it's it's weird in a fascinating way they they to me they went somewhere with it with the final line of the movie with that kind of interesting question of like like does the question even matter and she says yeah of course it does and he's like yeah i don't understand that and she just says well that's because i'm a human being and you're a robot Mm. and just the inherent under like as the audience we get it and yeah. I, and I always like love contrasting that with him where it's like, David's having that conversation with himself, whatever I, in this movie, I, I'm having the conversation with David the whole time. Mm. So it works a little bit better for me personally. Uh, yeah, I, the, the, I don't know if that if covenant knows what it's doing. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel the opposite where it's like the, 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 the forceful nature of these questions feels so awkward and weird and like, was it was it supposed to be a gay metaphor at times? Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, that's all in there. Yeah, N- nothing wrong with that. But like, it didn't build. My t- father's gay. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both of my, both of our fathers are gay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. <laughs> not with there's that. anything wrong with that. <laughs> uh, it. Di- I was like that. That that's a fine idea too, but but like the movie didn't build to that. It just shows up and it's like whoa whoa what? <laughs> Whereas like I feel like the conversations in Prometheus happen a little more naturally and are, are a little more true to the characters. Mm. Uh, yeah, Covenant to me is just a mess. Honestly, I know you might say this is a mess. I on yeah, rewatch, no, no.
0: I have a lot of fun with that mess, though.
1: <laughs> I, I I understand. I understand because we've we've grown to watch a lot of movies that way.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. I like the visual style of it too. It's like there's a gothic kind of like there's a gnarliness to that movie where I think Prometheus is a little more clean. Mm-hmm. Um, feels yeah. more like Alien to me, though. The, the vibe is the, way Prometheus more. feels more like Alien than Covenant does. To me, it does. Okay. Yeah. Does. Maybe. I. I, I don't know. I, I, again, like watching this again as a prequel, I find it actually really fascinating. Yes. I, I, I actually think as a document um, in, in the in the sort of encyclopedia that is the Alien franchise, I I actually like it a lot more. Um, maybe I was a little too hard on it first time we did a pod about it because if you remember adam the first podcast yes it
1: was alien Covenant. on this podcast feed
0: when we were movie hopping uh was uh, alien covenant
1: for the record i don't hate alien covenant
0: uh i just have uh, my my
1: issues with it that's mm. that's for sure i don't really hate many entries aside from i mean i don't care about resurrection i yeah i don't i'm not sure i hate i guess the only one that i'm hating hating in its totality if we're crossing over is the predator, hmm. the only one that I like really hate. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is an utterly fascinating movie. And again, like a lot of people, one of the great arguments that people keep make keeps making you can't really do this, but if you look at it as its own thing, as just this individual science fiction film that asks a lot of difficult questions of you, the viewer, it's a pretty rewarding experience. And when people break down the plot inconsistencies, I'm always right there to be like, no, this is why this character did that. I love the fact that the movie hinges on just this insane man that that sort of hodgepodge this expedition together just to ask questions that he doesn't need to ask, only for the U- ultimate reason to ho- hopefully get more life <laughs> and what is that really worth <laughs> mm. uh if if you're just if you're just using it to be this person i just love that uh so it's i just got it's to me it's just a goldmine of fascinating ideas and, and, and questions i agree with you that they don't always pan out and covenant certainly really Hurts this movie, in my opinion. Like a lot of a lot of what makes this movie fascinating, in, in in part towards the end, is that great questions of like, why would our God want to kill us? Yeah, it's a great question. Totally. And I I love I love the, the fact that the movie actually asks that in a meaningful and profound and human way. It's just that Covenant says nah, it doesn't matter. No, nah, it there's another reason why Covenant kind of bothers me, but because it's sort of affected my feelings towards this movie.
0: So. Okay. Uh there we go. There we go. We got to put one of these movies in now. I, Adam Hall, uh, am putting my foot down with you, young man. We, we've been very uh, simpatico uh, the last, uh, I don't know, last couple months. We haven't really picked a lot of fights over no. what movie to put in. No, that's right. And I feel like you have something coming. Here. You're fucked. Oh, no. <laughs> You're fucked. Oh, no. Because I have a, a I I
1: of course it's part of the bit. Godfather Part 2 ain't getting in. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> veto, but I have a special veto
0: for you. A special veto. What does that mean? Special. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what is that? I have a box here, people. Oh, my goodness. It's, 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 it, I, I saw
1: this in my, in my closet something I made in high school for a skit that we did uh, parodying the movie The Box because it's a piece of shit. (laughs) 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 What? And I thought, this is... Hold
0: on, I need to take a picture of this.
1: This now is our veto button, sir. Oh my goodness. I have for you the veto button. Oh my God. Here it is. As a matter of fact, I'm not actually putting the veto down now, I'm just demonstrating. Look at that. Little veto button in there. We'll wow. be offering it to Nico now, but what? Huh? Here's, here are your choices. Oh boy, there are only two choices because well, my veto is set. I don't
0: like these bits. You have bits now.
1: My, I, 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 where do you get off? I'm growing. I'm, I'm, becoming,
0: I'm becoming. i a better podcaster. Okay, so Nico. Uh, yeah, I should. I, can I just explain to the people what's happening? So this, oh, this yeah. is a.
1: Uh, a high school Adam Hall replica.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a. I made a lot of movie replicas. Was this for like a? This is a project, or is this just something you did for fun? This
1: is me, uh, a friend of mine. Me and Lenny Martinez. Okay. Uh, my DP for Exposition for a Murder. Okay. Great, great cinematographer. Of yeah,
0: course. sure. Academy Award winning <laughs> <Yeah>. cinematographer. <laughs> the Gordon <laughs> Willis of his generation, really. <laughs>
1: We used to do a bunch of like silly skits occasionally, just kind of fuck around with each uh-huh. other at like lunch and stuff. And we, one day, I said, "You know what? Let's just make fun of the box." So we would just do the
0: skit that we. That so we, the box is what's the name of that director that did Donnie Darko? What The hell's his name? Uh, yeah, Kelly something Kelly. Um, the box. <laughs> it's from two thousand nine. It stars Cameron Diaz and James Marsden. Richard Kelly is is the name. Yeah, Richard. Richard Kelly. Okay, Richard okay. Kelly. Richard Kelly. Um. <laughs> And, yeah, (laughs) Frank Langella's in it, too. I've never seen it. Oh, it's awful. But I I do remember the premise being quite hilarious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you push this button, you'll get a million dollars, but one person will die. Anyway, that's not what's going to happen. If you press this button, nobody will die, Nico, except maybe your your soul. Your soul might die.
0: That uh, it's about, what is it? Like, it's a five by four black box with, like... What is that? Like one of those things you used to get out of like uh, those those quarter machines? Uh, no,
1: this was something I I, I did in um, this is embarrassing <laughs> um, <laughs> stories, people. Too late, my friend. Uh, when I, in elementary school, um, I I did robotics occasionally, and this was the dome to cover the circuit board of the robot. So you have this little dome here covering the button. Are you where I was
0: in Lego League? You were in Lego League.
1: I'm oh, really? So I, I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I'm
0: familiar with the, uh, with the hardware. So I'm not alone here. Yeah, I did some <laughs> robotics as a kid.
1: This is a robot head, a little piece of plastic to be the dome of the box. Very okay. important.
0: All right. So that's, yeah, you cut a hole in the top. You put this little dome and it's an inside. Is that an easy button? It is an easy button with a Coca-Cola bottle cap as the top here.
1: Oh, look at that. Yeah, with a little bit of red duct tape to cover the the logo for copyright reasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's it's a it's it's one of my my great creations, and okay. I'm, I was happy to dig it up. All right. Um, anyway, Nico, you, ha- you have some options here. Okay. And I'm offering the box now. So <laughs> if you if you choose to push the button, uh-huh. you get Revenge of the Sith.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But regardless, if you don't push the button. I'm pushing it and it's Prometheus.
0: Wow, this is a, this is a deranged game. I know. So do I have a veto? No. So then have you given me a veto for the purposes of this or? I've given
1: you like my personal veto, which assigns only these two films. Okay. Because that's what I personally would go with here. <laughs> okay. So, so
0: if your options are either... Oh, I because I, you want to actually put a legit prequel. Yes, I do. <laughs> I see. So in other words, I, I can call your bluff... And put Revenge of the Sith in. Well, I, no, actually, what I can do is not press the button and, and trust that you won't push it, right? <laughs> and then we can negotiate on either Good, the Bad, the Ugly, or Godfather Part 2... Or, I go along with your deranged game, I hit the button, and then I'm stuck with Revenge of the Sith in the movie Hall of Fame. Or, I call your bluff and I'm wrong, and Prometheus is in the Hall of Fame. Are those the options as I see it right now? Maybe. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Um, Also, if you push this box,
1: it will explode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a bit. Don't you want to push the button, Nico? I mean, so I'm I'm signing off. I'm putting Revenge of the Sith in the yes, Hall of Fame. Yes, I press that it, it is you putting Revenge of the Sith in. I don't think that's a bad choice. And we can't negotiate a little bit of... Uh, we can't negotiate one of the first two films? Can I give you the good, the bad, the ugly? Look who you're talking to. We live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> What's your counter-argument
1: to the first three? That they're not actual prequels? Basically. And also they will get in. Well, I don't know if temple doom will ever get in, but there is, we haven't done a sequel pod. And I don't know why, but like you can, you can fucking guarantee that Godfather part two gets in for that one. Okay. It's, and then I would also, I'm, I'm interested in the prospect of doing a threes podcast talking about the third entries. Cause that is also another one where it's very hard to find a good one. Even Christopher Nolan has said, when have you ever seen a good third movie? Mm. A lot of interesting conversations out there.
0: Well, I mean, much like the plot of Richard Kelly's The Box, uh-huh. it's hard not to press the button. I got a button in front of me. I got to press it. Press it. Press it. Ah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Hall of Fame. <laughs> I Don't really know what that bit was,
1: but... Uh, <laughs> If you if you did press the button, I was going to put Prometheus. in. Yeah, I, I
0: appreciate I appreciate uh, you the, putting a little thought into this podcast yep. every once in a while.
1: And you get to keep the box. I'll keep it here now.
0: Oh, fun! Yeah. That, so how many vetoes do you have left? You have, none. You have none. I think that's I think that's you it. gifted me your veto. I did. Okay. I'm am done. I'm finally done with
1: vetoes. All right. Be careful taking that off. It's delicate. It's a it's
0: delicate. Uh, so there's no vetoes out there, huh? I guess not. So you and I are going to go see Halloween ends in theaters after this. We have time. Yep. But we have time. So how about we uh, we get one of us a veto? Oh! How about oh. that? I mean, now we got this button here. We do, we do, we right? do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to play a game. Let's
0: play a game. All right, the game is called Cinephile. <laughs> um, Cinephile is a card game that you can purchase on the internet. <laughs> Highly recommend you do so if you're a movie fan. Uh, we draw a name from that that deck of cards it is the name of an actor we go back and forth listing movies that that actor uh starred in um and then we keep going until someone breaks serve so go ahead man oh how how appropriate (laughs) al pacino (laughs) whoa okay okay i'm ready me too all right. What's the name on the card? Oh, cruising, cruising, cruising. I've never seen cruising. Yeah. Me neither. Freaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. I will begin the proceedings with the, the Godfather, uh, the
1: Godfather part four. Okay.
0: The Godfather Coda. The- <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, Godfather part two. Godfather part three.
1: Okay. God, I have no idea. Uh, dog day afternoon. Uh, Serpico. Mm. Uh, uh, well, Ocean's 13. (laughs) Sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, Heat. Danny Collins. Oh, there we go. The Insider. Hmm. Uh,
1: Jack and Jill. The Irishman. Oh,
2: okay.
1: Okay. Um... Uh, the devil's advocate. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking banger. Yeah. Uh Scarface. Ooh. Okay. Um I will say then um 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 Carlito's Way. Uh good one. Uh Any Given Sunday. I haven't seen that one yet. Mm. Um uh god, I um you know you know he's you know he's fucking blind he's he's hoorah hoorah uh the
0: son of a woman yes yeah, so I won the academy award oh, for that okay yeah <laughs> um uh once upon a time in hollywood oh he's in that he's he's totally in marvin that. marvin schwartz really good performance in that yeah yeah
1: i love that stuff
0: uh <laughs> all the shooting and the killing
1: <laughs> it's really great stuff oh man Ah, fuck. I'm trying to pull here because I want to save a few. I hate having to resort to the... Shit. The fuck is that movie? Merchant of Venice. Dick Tracy. There it is! Ah! Mm. You whore. Uh... Oh, Al. Lee. Ha! (laughs) Ha!
0: All right, now I'm, let's see. I gotta, those came easy. Let me go back here. Um, I'm sure there's a couple that I missed. Um, Oh, uh, Righteous Kill. There we go, another De Niro collaboration. Oh my God. That one? Yeah, man. Oof.
1: No, <laughs> well, maybe I'm stumped on this oh, one. Oh no, do you yeah. cave? I might, I might, yeah.
0: Okay. I'll let you have Pacino. All right. I, There's,
1: I can't think of anything. There goes round one. Wow. All right.
0: Uh, old Al, man. Hoorah. Hoorah. Let's see. Uh, some, uh, uh, House of Gucci from last year. Oh, God. Totally forgot about that thing. Uh, he was in that. Uh, he did some HBO movies. Phil Spector, Paterno. Um, you Don't Know Jack was another one. Uh, good call on Ocean's 13. Mm. Uh, Insomnia, Christopher Nolan's film. Oh god. god. Oh, so good, uh, Donnie Brasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Glengarry Glen Ross. Ooh.
1: All right. We did we did good. We missed some important ones, but still. Okay. That wasn't so bad.
0: There we go. Should I pull the name?
1: I pulled out one, but
0: Oh go ahead. Take take go.
1: We gave it a shot. Angelina Julie. Okay.
0: Go ahead, my friend. Mr. and Mrs.
1: Smith Salt uh, Monsters Ball Is she in that?
0: That Halle Berry?
1: But aren't they in the Asylum together? Or am I confusing that with something else?
0: I don't think I've ever seen Monsters Yeah,
1: Ball. I haven't seen it either <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is she in that? Cause Halle- oh wait, Halle Berry won the Oscar for that one Yes so she's not in that. Uh, No, Angela Girl Interrupted it, is what I'm thinking of.
0: Girl Girl Interrupted, interrupted. Girl, yeah, is yeah, an that's Angela what Jones. Yeah, that's but what yes, absolutely. Uh bu- bu- bow, 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 bow Uh Changeling. Ooh. Clint. It's a good poll.
1: Um, <clears throat> she was just in a movie that I didn't see. The Taylor <laughs> Sheridan movie, which I know you saw. So. Mm. I don't fucking know what that thing was. Uh, God. God, this girl hasn't done nearly <laughs> as much as you'd think.
0: Wanted. Those Who Wish Us Dead is the Taylor Sheridan movie. Taylor Sheridan movie. Okay. There's another recent movie that she's in. Eternals. Yeah, Yeah, there it is. Uh, what was that movie she did with uh, with Johnny Depp? Uh, is it the Italian... The Tourist? Is that what it is? The Tourist? I, is she in that? That's Angelina Jolie, right? I think yes. Yeah. Yes. The Tourist, right? Let me look that up real quick. Yes. The and Tourist. The Tourist. Did you see that movie? No. I saw it. I think it got a... Was it a, a Golden Globe nomination, I think? Best comedy that year? It's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay. <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Panda. Is she in the second one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh I will say Maleficent.
1: <laughs> I can't say Maleficent too. Oh, I know she's in the second movie, but I don't, I don't know the name of it. Maleficent. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know the the name of that second movie. Hey, well, I don't know. Is
0: she in Kung Fu Panda 2?
1: Yeah. Kung Fu Panda 2. Is she? I think so. Yeah.
0: Okay. Tigress. Yeah. All right. Then she's got to be in Kung Fu Panda 3, right?
1: I would imagine so. And I'm stopping there. I'll what is you... that one called?
0: Pause of Fury? Is that
1: what that's called? Maybe. <laughs> I'll let you have that one, even if she's not in there.
0: All right. Let me look, let me look there real quick. Uh, Kung Fu. Man like that's just a franchise. That's just I just not not been keeping up. Uh yeah, she isn't Kung Fu Panda 3, but okay. it's just called Kung Fu Panda 3. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. All right. There is also
0: a Kung Fu Panda poor Kung Fu Panda 4. And she is also in that one. All right. And cool. it's coming out in 2024. Well then, that one.
1: <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 4 uh, Mal- Maleficent uh, colon Mistress of Evil uh, I saw it was like Origins of Evil
0: <laughs> Evil of Evil uh, I don't know uh, okay um, Shark Tale Oh man a lot of animated Ones for old Angie Yeah she's a she's a tough one Alright she made that Movie with Brad Pitt before they got Divorced and they were like by the beach A lot <laughs> and they fought on the beach a lot that was like the whole plot of that movie Um, oh god i have no idea what oh what was that called it was like the sea we're angry by the sea (laughs) Divorce at the sea something like that heart of the ocean fucking by the sea Uh, it was a lot of all those things i think happened that was like the whole movie and they got they fought on the set of that movie and that was it did she direct it Uh, She did direct, um, what was that movie, Uh, Invincible or Unbreakable, Unbreakable? but I don't think she's in it. She is
1: in the first movie she directed. I don't remember the name of that one. Mm. I I totally forgot the name of that thing.
0: I'm going to let you have Angelina Jolie, Adam.
1: I have two more up my
0: sleeve. Then I think you got it.
1: You're giving it to me? I'll give it
0: to you. You can have it. You can have old Angelina. Who else? What did you have in the- the All right, bad strategy because I was going to say Tomb Raider and if you Uh, were smart, you
1: would know that there is a sequel to Tomb Raider. Do you know the name of the sequel? Absolutely not. Cradle of Life.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Beowulf? Oh my gosh,
1: I forgot about (laughs) fucking Beowulf.
0: The Good Shepherd? Um, yeah, of course you have the Tomb Raider movies. Um, yeah, gone in sixty seconds. Oh yeah, she is the bone place. collector. Oh, I don't mind the bone collector. Okay, one more. One more? Yeah. Oh, this
1: breaks it. This breaks the tie. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's rubber t- match. Uh, no. <laughs> what was it? Julie Christie. Oh. <laughs> no. Now we. I hate it. No, 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 no. Go away.
0: <laughs> why do you get to choose you want to choose no i don't know whatever
1: you what do, was I, the name I, you had I, I, I the I, Anne hathaway was one of them and we did that before and it didn't bode well for me so i said no
0: <laughs> all right let's pick uh let's go this one here no let's not <laughs> <laughs> not that one uh, Not that not one, that one. <laughs> not that. Um no. uh oh okay oh I just I just I just saw the one I wanted. Because I think it would it would be the ultimate it'd be the ultimate game and we should do it. Oh yeah. Uh oh fuck I lost the card. Here it is. Okay. The name on the card is Nicholas Cage. <laughs> oh and the movie is raising Arizona. Okay. And uh who shall be getting me or you? This could go a while. God, me. Go ahead. I'll go. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What the hell is this?
0: You can't even be that strategic about it. You just gotta, you gotta rattle them off here. Uh, All right, Uh, Wild at Heart. Uh, Pig. Mm. Uh,
1: National Treasure. National Treasure, colon, Book of Secrets. The Unbearable Weight of Massive
0: Talent. Mandy. Mm. (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. Color Out of Space. Uh...
1: vampires kiss army of one okay i was like did i get it wrong yeah, you got it yeah uh i hate those names uh face off uh con air damn it uh ooh. ooh. okay <clears throat> moonstruck the rock Mm. willie's wonderland the weatherman Mm. lord of war the wicker man ghost rider
0: the family man (laughs) ghost rider spirit of vengeance (laughs) Uh, he played a lot of men in a lot of movies (laughs) uh bad lieutenant port of call (laughs) new orleans
1: oh good one good one good one good one Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm thinking of the shit that we've done on this pod. Um, We've
0: done a lot of them. uh, We've we've done months and months devoted to Nicolas Cage movies. I know, I know.
1: Uh, Adaptation.
0: The Crudes. Hmm. Crude's too. Knowing.
1: Knowing? Ooh, next. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think you couldn't go lower. <laughs> oh, next.
0: Uh, oh, the aforementioned gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Snowden. He is in that. Oliver Stone Snowden. Have you said leaving Las Vegas yet? No. Well, there you go. He won an Oscar for that one. That's true. Don't know if we remember that. Oh, oh, Jesus! Um, not um, World Trade Center. <laughs> Another Oliver Stone movie. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> Peggy Sue got married. Oh, okay. Coppola. Mm.
1: Never seen it. <sighs> Hmm.
0: into the spider verse now we're getting to it adam now we're getting to it not losing this one though (laughs) Uh, uh-huh okay uh roar is that what it called roar or wild was it called wild roar right called Roar. It was a movie about him in a jungle fighting tigers and shit. Hmm? It's definitely called Roar. Let me double check that. It's definitely called Roar. He's in it. It's from like 2018 or something. Maybe it's not called Roar. Is it called Roar? Or Wild? Or Rage? (laughs) Something like that? Rage! Not the one I was thinking of, but Rage! Yes! The, The Indianapolis uh mom and dad mom and dad yes snake eyes there we now we're fucking getting somewhere adam uh eight millimeter
1: <laughs>
0: damn it <laughs> oh i just got like five more i'm locked in right now baby you got no shot i'm like michael jordan in the fourth quarter right now just nothing but net baby oh boy oh boy just about to drop forty on your ass. Oh God!
1: Dog bites man. Paul Schrader. Uh, isn't it called dog eat dog or dog eat dog? Yeah. Same thing. I'll
0: give it to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. The Paul Schrader
1: and Willem Dafoe thing. Yeah, I, I, I got. It.
0: <laughs> um, uh, 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 bringing out the dead. Oh boy. Uh oh. Oh no! I got I got, one, I got my my got it in your back pocket.
1: My pocket one. Okay. I hate using it. I I gotta I gotta think about this. You know I gotta I gotta think about this. Well, listeners, yell at me through the computer right now. Tell me what to do. Uh, matchstick men. Good call,
0: Ridley. There you go, Ridley Scott. Thank you, Ridley Scott. Coming in clutch today. Um, Will you accept The Death of Superman Lives? Uh, The documentary? Yes. (laughs) Fuck.
1: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Okay.
0: How many more do you have left? Um, I had some and I lost them, but I'm sure they'll come back to me.
1: Ridley Scott no that's it that's it Um, the Coen brothers I think we've we've, never worked with them again no same with
0: Lynch which is really sad yeah I know it's really sad they never went back yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense Traders worked with them a couple times although some of those movies are escaping my my memory here I cannot think of what they are Uh, Scorsese only worked with him the once. Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah, that was a tough one to work with, I guess. (laughs) You don't say. (sighs) Fuck, what am I missing? What am I missing? Okay. I don't know what this falls under, but I guess technically Grindhouse because okay. he was in one of those fake trailers. Okay.
0: All right. Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's its own movie. Yeah. Oh, boy, Adam. Uh, ah.
1: Kickass. I know he's dead in Kickass 2. He is dead. Is he ever. Is there nothing, no scenes? Don't remember. Take the risk if you want, man. Roll the dice. He would think he has a picture, right? That, that, is he credited? I don't think he is.
0: Oh God, this this one's rough. Man, this is like the end of *A of the Sith* right now. It's an epic duel. We have a. Movie. We're not going to make our movie.
1: We have a movie coming up. Was he in a Halloween film? No, he was not in a Halloween film. Ah. Uh, so I'm trying to go through like modern films. Uh,
0: go through to... all the references that were in *Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent*. You know? Wind Talkers. The prisoners of Ghostland. Jesus. Drive Angry. God, we're going to keep going with this? <laughs> are you serious? Drive Angry. Dude, are Holy you sh- serious how the right fuck now? did I
1: pull that one out? Ha! Huh?
0: Are we still going right now, dude? <laughs> uh. Cage. Man, I've spent so much time thinking about this guy, talking about this guy on pod. What the hell was that Tiger movie? <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was called Roar. I thought it was called Roar, but I can't find it. I t- I type in Roar on IMDb and it doesn't come up. Oh. Yeah, there's a there's a Allison Brie TV show called Roar. Obviously the the uh the Tippi Hedren Roar. Oh, no, no, yeah. It's not called keep, Wild. I'll give you some time for this one.
1: Um I keep thinking of voice performances. Is there anything else? I'm sure there's a couple. Was he Was he ever in a Wes Anderson movie? You No. Would, he would fit. I don't know why. No. He was not uh, boy, Drive angry.
0: I mean, there's a bunch in the 90s too. He played Elvis in a movie, didn't he? Or like a Elvis impersonator or something. I think so. Shit. And the Honeymoon, The Honeymoon in Vegas or something? Is that what it was called? Honeymoon in Vegas? H- honeymoon in Vegas, Vegas Honeymoon, something like that? Oh, please tell me. I just pulled that out of my ass. Let me see. Honeymoon in Vegas. Yes. You win. Yes! Woo! It's about time. Let's
1: go! (laughs) Let's go! That's a respectable win right there. Let's (laughs) do it, baby! Abel says so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, look at his
2: hands. This guy.
0: Feel like the king of kings right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, primal. That was how that movie oh, was called my Primal. God, that's right. Of oh, course, Jesus. Primal. What did we miss? Uh, not many. Wow. I mean, l- listen. There's a ton of like. I can just list names that you imagine I was pulling out of the dictionary. Like arsenal, inconceivable, inconceivable. The human, the humanity bureau. What? Dark. Looking like I'm, these are just these are random names, these are not movies that actually exist. <laughs> um, the trust, uh, what are the big ones we've met? There were there uh, any? Joe, Oh, Joe, yeah, Joe, 2013. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the, yeah, again, like the frozen ground trespass. Oh, season of the witch, we missed. Oh. Uh, the sorcerer's apprentice, we missed. Um, I do not believe he's credited in kick ass too. So you dodge that bullet. Yes, uh, Astro Boy. There's a voice performance in Astro Boy as well as G-Force, the durable movie. Um, yeah, there's there's real, the Ant Bully. Of course, he's a voice in the Ant <laughs> Bully. Um, Christmas Carol, the movie um, from 2001, another voice performance. Yeah, there's really not that right. many. Well, I'm proud of us. We did okay. Ooh. Uh, Guarding Tess, of course. Guarding Tess is probably the biggest one we missed. Uh, Amos and Andy. um, Time to Kill. We didn't really miss that much wow wow that was a that was a duel right there <sighs> there you go that was a spirited round okay you got one let's go you
1: finally got one
0: i have a veto let's
1: see what we do with it there you go <laughs> all
0: right that's it that's the pod we're gonna go see halloween ends now oh god pray <laughs> for us pray for us and until next time it was an abortion an abortion
1: michael